Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. I was uh, I had a, was on the ballot for, and then we have another one in August. 
Uh, but you've got yours coming up uh, in some months uh, yourself, correct? Yes, uh, we have our primary August 2nd. Yes, so it's, so it's we'll, coming uh, up. Uh, we just got a few months. That's it. We're, you know how it is. It comes up on you quick. It, it, it certainly does. I remember when I was um, running for the Central Committee uh, for the Republican Party. It was, it was there before you know it. But, again, we're here to talk about uh, your campaign and, and how's it been going so far since you got uh, those signatures. Uh, for the ballot, it's been going great. You know, I, I get a great response everywhere I go. You know, I, I think the people are the, the people are paying attention now more than they've ever paid attention before. And I've been saying for a long time, even even well before I was like really in it. You know, going into um, going, coming into this year, that money was not going to buy this race. I, I mean, obviously, money matters. You need to let people know who you are, you know, across an entire district. But I, I really felt that the, the people are paying attention and looking for outsiders, looking for patriots, and looking for people to do what's best for the people and not for the establishment. And that's what they're looking for. And that's what I've noticed everywhere I go. Um, when I get announced, the crowd responds. And, um, you know, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And, and out talking to everybody almost every single night, we're out. Um, even multiple times sometimes, you know, talking to different groups and, and just showing them what, what we can do and where, where this country should, the direction it should be going, and it will be going after November. Yeah, certainly a lot of different things are, are coming out, and one of the things I want to get your take on, because uh, I think you, you certainly have uh, some experience uh, with working uh, on this uh, subject, and did you get to see the uh, documentary 2,000 Mules? Yes, yes, I did. And what, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, is there anything that they could have added to it uh, as well, or what, what's your thoughts? Well, I thought it was, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad they left it on topic. You know what I mean? I'm glad they left it to one particular topic and not jumping around to all the other stuff that happens, you know, because what it allowed people to see that I've known about for two years now is this ballot harvesting issue. And in Arizona, they kept saying, well, we, uh, we, made, uh, we, we gave harsher penalties for ballot harvesting. I was, okay, well, that's great, but if you don't ever prosecute anybody for it, it really doesn't matter. And, you know, that's, that's the point we're at right now, not only in Arizona, but all these swing states, but across the country. We can have all – it's kind of like, you know, you can have um, all the gun laws you want. The criminals don't follow the law. Same thing with ballot harvesting or anything else to do with cheating in elections. You can have all the election laws you want, but if they're not enforced and people aren't prosecuted, it really doesn't do any good. You know, and, and you know, we got Zuckerberg bringing money into Arizona, $400 million total, you know, brought money into wow. Maricopa County. We have in Arizona, not, not every state has this, but in Arizona we have Article 14, Section 18 of our Constitution. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but it does say that uh, you can't – any outside organization or person that cannot – uh, have anybody influencing an election in any way. And that's exactly what he did with the money. And we can prove that, right? I mean, we've seen that repeatedly here in Wisconsin, you know, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, name a state, uh, Michigan. And, and, and we have, a, we have a, a spineless Republican Attorney General, Mark Brnovich, who thinks he's going to run for Senate and have any chance of winning. And he won't even hold people accountable for blatant crimes, not even like on the gray crimes, but blatant crimes of voter fraud. 
you know, we've had, we have over, as you know, in the movie, over 200 mules in Arizona and uh, Phoenix in the Phoenix area. The only person I know that even been prosecuted was the one that was in the movie from Yuma. And I knew about that a long time ago. So, you know, it's, it's um, rules and laws only matter when there's actually rule of law being, you know, being followed, you know, when people are being prosecuted. And unfortunately, we have too many spineless Republicans and corrupt DAs and attorney generals around the country that are literally we're, – we're, we're living in a banana republic right now, unfortunately. I hate to say it, but right now that's the case. Uh, there's a handful of people that can save, quote, save us from it, and, I, and I've been saying this all along too. If Brennan Fitch would change his mind and actually prosecute people, that would change the, the, the course of this, of this republic. It really would. And if, and if John Durham does his job, which he's doing right now, as you know, they're in court, and prosecutes and hold these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little too slow for me. But if, he, you know, if these people get held accountable, it's going to change the course of our republic. They're going to know they can't just get away and do everything they want. Because right now, these criminals on both sides, this giant uniparty, this establishment elites, whatever you want to call them, are getting away with murder, literally. And it needs to stop. And we need people in office, and that's one of the reasons why I'm running out. I'm so sick of the corruption. It makes me sick to my stomach to watch our nation turn into like this, like a Venezuela, basically. You know, and it, 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 it just cannot, we cannot allow this to happen. We need to get good people in office, America first, conservatives, that just want to do the right thing. And that's what we need right now more than ever. We're talking about what's, uh, you know, getting uh, away with murder is uh, recently you, you may have heard about the uh, WHO and their uh, pandemic, tre- uh, pandemic treaty uh, that they're going to be working on. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, have you heard a, a lot on that enough to, to speak on that tonight? Yeah, I know it's yeah, no, really new. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Actually, um, I was speaking before that story really broke. I was speaking with um, Sue Peters about that before really anybody was talking about it. We kind of got some information about it, and I had uh, my buddy David Jose with with us on a call, and we were like, "What can we do with this thing? Uh, we need to um, we need to address this um, immediately, and how can we address it?" So we we basically we wrote a um, a notice, and it was called the uh, notice. What was it called? I'm thinking off the top of my head. To all public servants attempting to grant authority to the World Health Organization, and we walked through, we walked through basically the 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 legal ramifications of why they cannot do this. And we broke it down, um, you know that that power, you know, is granted to public servants in any state. It doesn't matter what state you're in, and that they're in a Republican form, right? And and they're, they, these are these are written expressly in trust indentures, which are our constitution. And any action that's taken by the same servants are to be grounded in the Constitution and, the, and, and written in the will, the will of the people, right? So any acts done uh, without the authority of the people are null and void and are, and are basically they're, they're a trespass against the people who this was to serve. And, and there's an old maxim of law to use for, for – um, to show people, because it makes a lot of sense. If a man grants 
that which is not his, the grant is void. So when you take this, this universally accepted maximum of the law, it's just we, we use the common law and just common sense to show them that they cannot take the power away from the people. And we have the right, the people have the right to alter, reform, or abolish government at will. And that's been many state constitutions. And, you know, and you, and you cannot give a foreign power or nation the power that belongs to the people. They can't give it away. They can't give away our, our rights in the bills of rights. They can't do it, period. And doing so, it's like it's an act of treason against the people. And, and we just basically ask them, that, you know, if you believe that, that you were granted this authority to give away our power and to trample our rights, then please respond to us. I'd love to see it. Point it out to me in a constitutional provision that shows you that you, that you can do that. And, and uh, these people, you know, if we put them on blast, you know, we'll say, you know, you know you're granting uh, authority to a foreign body, the WHO, and we call it with malice, it was full intent, with full knowledge of wrong that is being done. And, and we simply just point this stuff out. We ask them, show me in the Constitution where you have any right to do this. And every, every time we do something like this, whether it's the WHO, whether it's the legislature here, um, in regards to anything to do with Constitution, nobody can ever respond. So we, we just address things and we try to teach people. I don't get too worried about it because – also, guys, you got to remember, the U.S. Constitution trumps any World Health Organization Constitution or any amendment or any rule. It does not matter. If it were to go to court here, I'm, I'm very confident that our Supreme Court would say this is wholly unconstitutional. Dismiss. Get it out of here. So all, all of that stuff is stuff that we've been working on. We try to get ahead of it as soon as possible, much like uh, the Ministry of Truth nonsense. You know, when we got when we ran full speed at it from the Republican side to the conservative side, what they end up doing, they they said we're going to drop it. We're not going to we're not going to pursue this any further. But we got it. We got to take these issues head on because if we allow them to do it in the dark, they're going to do it. Believe me, they're going to try their damnedest to do it. But it's up to us to shine a light on it, right? They always say sunlight's the best disinfectant, and it's up to us, the people, to understand our rights and to shine a light on them. And, and that's what we've been trying to do the last couple of years um, is doing our best to educate the people what those rights are and how to stand on them. Sorry for the long answer. <laughs> um, that way uh, we've, we've got plenty of time. We've got a, a couple of the panel on here as well. I'm sure they'll have uh, some questions, but one of the things that, you know, want to ask is, you know, it, it is a primary, so you'll have uh, some, you know, fellow Republicans as your, uh, uh, your opponents. So tell us what uh, sets you apart from, you know, uh, your opponent uh, is it uh, Swiker and uh, Norton? If I yes. pronounced uh, Swiker's yeah, I, uh, last name correctly. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, uh, you know I think the, the the you know to me they're 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 similar in a sense of I think they have a very similar ideology, but Swiker has shown repeatedly because he's the one in office, he's the incumbent with his voting records the last couple of years, and I'll give you a few examples to show you why this guy needs to be removed. Uh, outside of the two FEC violations that he's had, outside of those, which doesn't show a lot of integrity in his part, especially the second one, but he voted on January 6th to, to accept the Arizona electoral slate without any forensic audit, with nothing. He voted with all the Democrats in Arizona to accept it. Now, to think that he voted against Andy Biggs, Paul Gozer, and W. Lesko, 
and voted with the Democrats here to accept it kind of shows you where he is on the establishment list. You know, I think he's part of that. Not, I don't think he's part of that establishment, and he's doing what he's told. He also voted for H.R. 550, which was to track all Americans' vaccination statuses and to expand the federal database to track us with another $400 million. Wow. That was a big no-no. He actually got censured for that here in Legislative District 15. Uh, they censured him for that. They were pretty pissed. The people were mad. I was upset with him as one of, you know, as, as one of, as one of his constituents currently, right? I was like, how dare you track my vaccination status or go because I don't have one. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, the other one was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, you track me all you want, but I'm not there, buddy. Uh, so then, then he went on recently and, and voted for the $44 billion to Ukraine. Again, going, going against yeah. Andy Biggs, Paul Gozar, Debbie Lesko here in Arizona, voted with all the Democrats. With, with all the establishment rhinos and voted to pass that as well. So he's clearly shown that he's part of the establishment. He's not here for the people. He's not here to represent Congressional District 1. Now, Norton, on the other hand, um, this is his first time running. He's uh, had a successful business, um, like car warranty-related things, which is fine. I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I, you know, go for it. Make all the money you can. But the difference between me and Elijah is this. A couple of years, I've never once seen him or Schweikert at an election integrity rally. And we had a lot of them here in Maricopa, as you know. I was the one that was working with the state legislators and the senators here teaching the Constitution and what could and should be done to have a forensic audit and why we should have it. I was working with Senator Karen Fan directly and Borelli, and all the others that were here. Um, And I still speak with them, you know, uh, with with Senator Fan on a regular basis, uh, on a pretty regular basis. And and, uh, I'm still on her butt, guys, about 2289, just so you know. (laughs) So, um, But I also was uh, highly involved in what's happening in Wisconsin. I started working with Representative Tim Rantham there uh, well over about a year ago maybe and teaching him what we did in Maricopa and why they're allowed to pursue a forensic audit, show them exactly how. And you see um, all the stuff that's been going on up there. He actually put a decertification resolution in. And if you look in that decertification resolution, I wrote the constitutional memo uh, rebutting Wisconsin Ledge Council and shutting down their their terrible argument that that we cannot uh, nullify 2020. They never responded back to me. So I've, I've been highly involved in everything that's been going on between, especially these two states in particular. Also, we talked with Matt DiPerno in Michigan um, and, and, and Senator Amanda Chase in Virginia. We've been talking with everybody everywhere, uh, Mastriano's team in Pennsylvania as well. So in the middle of the pandemic, we had businesses shut down with these lockdowns, right? These governors shut companies down and businesses. Well, I figured out a way to keep our businesses open by moving them into the private as private associations or private membership associations. And uh, once I did that, I tested it on myself. It worked. And we started showing other, all, all my friends, I was calling my buddies, I was hey, you got to, you can do this, get your company open. So we moved to, now it's over 130, but 
120 plus businesses into the private as private associations and reopen them right in the middle of the lockdowns and the pandemic, the quote pandemic. Even in New Jersey and California, all the real hardcore lockdown states, we got them back open again. And that's one thing I'm really proud of was being able to, you know, help and figure that out because that saved not only my friends, like their, their careers and their life's work, but all the other people, the thousands of people that work there as well at these different, at these different uh, companies. And so that, that's, for me, the one thing that really sets me apart from Elijah or Schweiker is that I don't just talk about things. I'm actually out with action showing you what I'm going to do and showing you success I've had and showing you that I'm not a selfish person. I could have easily let these gyms around me shut down and just taken all their members. But I didn't. I reached out to the area gyms that I know here locally in Phoenix and helped them get reopened. And because, you know, I, I, I just feel that I want, a polit- I want a politician, quote politician, I want, I want an elected servant to serve the people. And I think I've shown that I'm serving the people, even not even being elected. And they, they can't say, neither one of them can say that they saved one business during the lockdown. Neither of them can say that they fought for election integrity. Neither of them can say that they were uh, teaching legislators the Constitution, the Bills of Rights, and what to do to nullify 2020 or to, put, or to push for nullification and why we should push for nullification. They have no idea why. I believe separates me is that the actions that I've done the last couple of years compared to their inaction, and we don't need any more people in Congress acting on things, right? We need, we need somebody that's fighting and acting on behalf of the people and not just sitting right. in the back of the room collecting a paycheck. And I, I believe, based off Elijah's lack of action, especially with election integrity, that's something he could have gotten involved in. But apparently he thinks the election is perfectly fine because he, he didn't fight. I never saw him one time. I didn't even know who he was until he started running. And I'm in the grassroots every day with people in the grassroots all over the valley in, different, in various not just election integrity, but various other roles as well, whether it's fighting CPS, medical kidnapping, other stuff that goes on that I'm involved with, and he was nowhere to be found. Well, that's going to, I think, would be in line with what uh, Jim, uh, some, some things Jim wants to talk about. But before I bring him in uh, to have some questions, uh, one of the things I want to mention is that, you know, you know, Carrie Lake, you were endorsed by Carrie Lake, who's running for governor yeah. uh, there in, yeah. in, uh, in Arizona, and Trump endorsed Carrie Lake. So is there anyone uh, out there, you know, going for that coveted uh, Trump, you know, for, for your candidacy, uh, you know, for your nomination from Trump? Is anyone, you know, pursuing that, or what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, there, there is. There is uh, people talking right now um, and pursuing that. And uh, pursuing it on my behalf as well. I just recently got Mike Lindell's endorsement uh, just a few days ago. Hey, and, great. Um, and also, yeah, also my buddy Stephen Davis. You guys know MAGA Hawk. You know Big MAGA Hawk. He's a good buddy of mine. He works at Turning Point USA, and um, a lot of people out oh, here I know him. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we've had, you know, I've had, I've had you know, some good endorsements. I got a few more coming this week, actually. I won't say who. But I got another, I got another one that I'm a guy that I, I, I admire and I look up to as far as uh, the work that he's done and, and the fight that's in him. And, and I, I love taking endorsements from people who I believe are true fighters. And I believe Mike Lindell is a true fighter. He puts his money where his mouth is. 
the other gentleman that's going to hope be endorsing me this next week is very similar. He's put his life on the line and he put his money where his mouth is. And Carrie Lake, she's out fighting every day. She does not back away from election integrity and from and, and, and from fighting to fix the 2020 election. And you know we have a big hurdle to jump here in Arizona with the border, with the elections. We got a couple of major things going on, and and we can fix it. But we got to get the right people in the right places to be able to do that and do it quickly. And that's what I know is being relayed to President Trump that we need. We we know who the right people are in Arizona. Carrie and I know who the good people are, who the people are that are going to pursue things with action and not just talk about it and get it done. And that message is being relayed to the president, the real president, President Trump. And and you know hopefully hey, you know it'd be great to have his endorsement, but. Uh, with or without it, we're going to fight, 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 and we're going to win this dang election. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm not to look back, but I think I might have reached out to her campaign to, to have her on the show. Uh, so I definitely like to uh, uh, to have her on. I'm I'm, I'm actually uh, getting ready to schedule to be out in Arizona uh, in the the first weekend in June. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll send Twitter. I'll, I'll send some messages of more on that uh, off air. Um, definitely talk to you more about that. But let's go ahead and bring Jim in. Um, now, thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And uh, Jim's one of the founders of Watch the Vote USA. Uh, so, but okay, he's got some, some questions as well. Thank you. Yeah. No, I first thing I wanted to ask, is, is it Josh Hartnett? Barnett. Barnett. B-A-R-N-E-T-T. Yes. I just want to make sure we all got the name right. It's J-O-S-H, Josh Barnett. Yes. Good. Okay. I first wanted to ask you something about what you said, because it sounded really great. How did making up the association, like, for instance, DeWine, by declaring apparently illegally a long emergency when they only have the right to declare like a three-day – the governor has to get the state legislature in Ohio to – agree that there's an emergency within like three or 30 days, but he had an Mm -hmm. emergency for two years, drove at least 4,000 small businesses out of business. And you said you got an association together where you were able to help the small businesses stay in business. How did that work? Did the governor come to try to do something and they couldn't do it because of the association or how did that work? Yeah, he, I had, like I, I own a gym here, right? North Phoenix, right. Alpha, California. And I okay. had about, after I did it, I had probably 30, 31 cops show up at my gym. Yeah. And, and they all came to sign up to come work out. <laughs> well now, so the governor yeah, you know, you know what it is, is when you're in the private as a private, when you're really not, it just doesn't mean like, for example, in a, you know, you're here like, a private training facility, right? You'll hear stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's yeah. just one-on-one personal training and stuff. That doesn't mean you're in the private at all. It has nothing to do with it. And yeah. you actually have to become a private association and file the proper articles of organization to do it properly. And, yeah. and um, what I did is, is when we did that, I sent notice out, the name of my PMA and, and, and my – my, here we have a statute that I can use here in Arizona. So I put that out on my front door, uh, declaring what I am. I sent my affidavits to the governor, attorney general, and the state legislature, and I told them exactly what I'm doing. I gave them 72 hours to rebut me. Feel free to rebut me. Otherwise, 
these doors are getting opened. And yeah. I put on social media, contacted all my people, said Metroplex is open 24-7 again as of midnight tonight. I'll see you guys there. And I was testing it all myself at the beginning, right, because we, we felt we were in the right to do it. And, yeah. and when, when we did it, I sent it out, and then, you know, I, the, me and the governor don't get along too well, <laughs> so, right. Right. as you can imagine. And yeah. so I, I was posting videos of people working out with no mask on, loud music, and just pack, the place just packed sometimes, right? And yeah. I was posting all over my social media every day for three months straight, and I tagged Deucey on it every day. Uh-huh. And there's nothing he could do about it. So, so when, you, when, about you, a weekend, I, when I started reaching out to everybody else, you know, letting them know what we can do, no matter what state yeah. you're in. When you're in the private, you are protected um, from government interference. Uh-huh. And so I'll give so you what, did all the other, what did all the other businesses do? Join your association, or exactly how did that go down? No, they, they, yeah, we, we set them up with their own articles organization, you know, depending on what state they're from. We use maybe a little different language, utilizing their own state constitution as well. But any, any bills of rights that are, let's say, for example, in Virginia, uh, the bills of rights or the declaration of rights in any state, they're all interchangeable. So I can't have rights in the bills of rights in Virginia that I don't have in Arizona and vice versa uh-huh. because we're, we're, we're a Republican form of government. So now that's not saying the whole Constitution. I'm talking about the bills of rights or the declaration of rights. And yeah. So when we talk, you know, we would bring up different state constitutions. And, and we would show, we would utilize those constitutions to, as, as a, a legal argument, um, depending on where you're at. And if we had statutes, like in Arizona, we had ARS 26317, that we could use that statute to defend what we're doing as well. Some states had a similar statute we could use, some didn't. And if they didn't, that's fine. We would simply use the various, the 51, I would say the 51 bills of rights that we have in this country to use to stand on. And the majority well, now, of our individual rights are in the state constitution. Okay. Did you all join together in one group, or were you each doing it individually as a private business? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, they were all, they were all individually done. So, okay. uh, for example, um, Tommy Trillivis in New Jersey had his PMA. He called it whatever he got to get the names. We, we had so many of them. But he called it whatever his PMA is called. He had two facilities. Uh, we made two separate associations for him. Uh, Ian Smith, as you guys may know, Ian uh, from Attila's Gym in New Jersey. Uh, that's why Ian was never arrested again because he moved into the private and they couldn't arrest him again when he reopened his uh-huh. facility. He so was the guy that made national associate. news. Yeah, he was on Tucker and all that stuff, the big right, one beard. Right. He's running for Congress now. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, so they're well, all individual. Good. Yeah, they're all individual, just like you said. Uh, and it, it, it can be applicable to any type of business. You know, well, that was so. really that was really great. Now let me move on to the vote fraud issue. You're running for against these guys, right? In in a primary. Yes. Okay. And they're counting the vote. This is our big issue at Watch the Vote USA. We've been around since in, under some name since 1979, mm-hmm. and we object to all computer counts because they're all illegal by three Supreme Court decisions. So. What we've been trying to get Republicans to do and have been unsuccessful so far is the demand counted at the precinct by hand before they leave the public site. And, of course, the entire deep state or whatever you want to call it is against this. They want to take the ballots away from us as soon as we vote, and we can't see them for 
sometimes a month or months. And, and so that's exactly against what three Supreme Court decisions say, which we have at a tab at watchthevoteusa.com. So we're trying to get candidates, even though it probably won't happen this time, to demand a paper ballot, which we have 90% of the country has paper ballots. But paper ballots counted by hand at the precinct before they leave the public site. That's the key thing. Paper ballots are not enough. We already have paper ballots. Paper ballots counted before they leave the public site. And challenge your, your opponent to, to, to stand with you and say, I'm demanding this for my voters. If I'm asking them for money and time, I demand a fair count for my voters. And you do that in advance, not afterwards. If you do it afterwards for yourself, they say sore loser. But if you're demanding yeah. it for your voters and all the voters in advance, you would put the media and your opponents on the spot that they, if they didn't agree with you. And then even if you lose, uh, even if you didn't, did or didn't lose, if, they, if the computers show that you lose, then half the state will think they cheated you. And that, the first step to correcting what we got is to let people know that the votes are taken away from us and counted by one of these three companies, Dominion, Hart, and ES&S. People have never heard of those companies till Dominion was outed. They've been around for 40, 50 years in their predecessors. So anyway, I would like – and you could call me through Robert off air, but – uh, Eric Dieters in Kentucky, running for governor in Kentucky, is going to do it, he said, next year, and he's got a lot of money to do it. Demand the open count. But cons- somebody's got to alert the public that our votes are being taken away from us at, at, right after we vote and that they're not being counted in the open. People think the angels are counting the votes, and it's these three companies, Hart, Dominion, and ESS. It's the devil counting the votes. So. Anyway, we, we believe all Republicans have a moral duty, uh, and Democrats for that matter, to demand an open count for their, for their voters. So I just wanted to throw that out to you while you were on the call. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We actually have a bill here that you may, may or may not be aware of. It's um, sitting in the state Senate right now. It's HB 2289. Okay. And it, it, it entails what you're talking about. It's one-day vote. Only good, good paper ballots only, no machines, yep. precinct voting, precinct counting, yep, uh, voter ID, and I'm forgetting something, but you get you get the idea, and yeah, no, no, you got all, it, you all got the it. all the common sense stuff is included. Good, well, you got it. So, but I would use some of if you got the money, I would use some of your advertising demand in advance, demanding a open count for your voters this time. And challenge the media and your opponents to, to stand with you. And if not, why do they want a secret count? And why should anybody believe a secret count? Uh, and you'll go a long way towards maybe you got a lot better chance to win if you put them on the spot and they think half the people are going to think you were cheated, you know. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but you, yeah, you, yeah. Your bill sounds like you're you're on the right track there to get that done if, if you can get enough people to vote for it. So anyway, well, the problem is to... the problem is exactly that we have a, we have a, a weak Senate here right now that's not putting it up for a vote. We have a lot yeah. of really ticked off people in, in, here in Arizona right now. The fact they're not voting on it, and it's been called out to be voted upon by me, by Blake Masters, by Carrie Lake, and various other people running yeah. Uh, to yeah. have to have this bill uh, voted because they're like we don't have enough votes to pass it. I'm like I understand that, but I want to see who's not voting for it. Right. I want to put them on right. public blast. We should know who it is that's holding us up, and and that's yeah. that's the other issue we're having right now. So 
Also, we have a lot of corrupt, crooked um, bar association attorneys sticking inter- interfering with the people's business. Yeah, and, right. Same, here, same in Ohio. Same, same in Ohio. Yep. Yeah. So we're, I'm actually in the middle of of of, of drafting a argument or a, a rebuttal to Arizona Ledge Council their memo they put out, what they feel, why this bill is unconstitutional. And it's a bunch of bull. Everything they're saying yeah. is a bunch of bull. So we're going to go through a line by line, and we're going to rebut every point they're making. Basically, the premise of their argument is that, well, we're making it really hard for things to happen. It's making it hard to vote. And, um, and we're kind of – it's really – the direction they're going is kind of back in time. It's kind of archaic, you know. It's not, it's not as complicated and as – as, as what we like it. It's, it's like yeah. possible. You're, you're like, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. Like I want, you know, I thought the whole point of voting was not to make it easy per se, but to make sure that my vote, who I vote for is who I voted for. Yeah. Yeah. That to it's, make sure that they publish at the end of the day, the count of what the people actually voted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, you know, we want to get, we want to, we want to get rid of mail-in ballots. We want to get rid of absentee yeah. ballots outside of military and disabled or, or well, the you know, elderly, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got you got the whole picture. I, yeah. I would say the problem with absentee ballots is that you you would have to put more money into bringing the you know bringing it to the person who's bedridden and making sure that they're the ones that cast the vote. There'd have to be more money spent on a team to get absentee votes. But the mail-in ballots. I, are I, I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah, and the mail-in yeah. ballots are absolutely illegal. All mail-in ballots. The chain of custody is broken. And exactly. we have at the top of Watch the Vote USA, you have the Supreme Court decisions. You might want to take a look at those because – I'm on it, I'm on it right now as, you, as you're talking. Yeah, all I'm on it right now. <laughs> Westbury versus Sanders, U.S. versus Mosley, and Reynolds versus Sims. That's it. That's it. And they say we got a right to vote and a right to know that our vote was counted accurate. Well, once you take it out of the public site or have people mailing about – in a courtroom legal sense, the, the chain of custody is broken, you know. But at any rate, yeah. so yes, uh, yeah, so yeah, think of calling this to the voters' attention if you got the money in advance and demand to know why the media and your opponents are so comfortable with a secret count instead of an open count. But anyway, yeah, so good luck, good luck with your. Oh, I want to tell you one other thing. On open letter to DonaldTrump.com, which is another site we bought when he seemed like he was going to be different. Open letter to DonaldTrump.com. At the top of the homepage, you have a link to emergency memo to Trump. Okay, that is a nine-page letter. And if you read that um, online or print it out, you'll have basically all the stuff I've uncovered in 50 years of looking at this stuff. So I don't know if you know it all already, but you might find some helpful stuff in there. Okay? Hey, I've I've read a lot, but there's nothing wrong with trying to learn more, right? So I'll definitely take a look at it. Well, same here. Same here. I got to get more familiar with what bills you got in Arizona. So, Robert, um, I take it you have uh, uh, Josh's email, right? Uh, I don't know about email, but uh, I do have uh, the, the campaign's email uh, address, and I okay, okay. I, 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 have I, I might also email some stuff out to you. But uh, good luck, uh, good luck, Josh, and what you're doing. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jim. And we got yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Kelly. Thanks, oh, you're welcome, Jim. Uh, talk soon. Uh, we've got uh, Kelly here. I've got you know, a few, few things I'd like to go over as well, but I, I certainly like to get the, the panel in first. Uh, let's go ahead. And this is one of a, a closer state to you, 
Uh, this one, he's in California, so a little closer than than Ohio here. Uh, but thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, Ig, very good, very good. Um, I really like, uh, Josh, what you're doing, and I certainly, certainly hope you win. I hope you can get enough endorsements, et cetera. Um, we need so many more candidates like you that will step up, get the legislation changed, and like Jim said, hand-counted paper ballots, counted at the precinct, counted in public view at the precinct, before the ballots leave the precinct. We've been doing this for mm-hmm. how many hundreds of years here, going back to the 1600s? Yeah. So, and of course, with modern technology, there could be a counting table where you have a live camera over the counters. And then you'd have, uh, I mean, what's so hard about this? We put a man on the moon. All right. Did you get my uh, video from Robert that I explained the Dominion contract and the flaws with it? And um, through Dominion's own contract, it reveals all the vulnerabilities here in Siskiyou County, California, we're up on the Oregon border. But you just reviewed it. I, I just reviewed the contract, and then I researched what the state certified, and what the state certified was only the Dominion software. The state never certified, and the law requires it in California to, to certify the motherboard, the computer chip, the video card, the everything that's in that computer has to be mm-hmm. certified by the state. It's not. So I don't. I hope you got my video. I've got a document I finally found. I'll have to – it's a report, 60-plus pages. So I can put that together for you again. I know, you know we talked what? about it were, before. Were you working, were you working at the uh, uh, legislator or somebody running in California on that issue up there in Northern California? No, we were – June, we stopped the county supervisors from funding Dominion when their contract was up for renewal. Okay. okay. So we had success only because we had like 200-plus – I want to, well, I don't know if it was 200, at least an hour and a half, two hours of, of people calling in. The, the supervised chamber was packed, um, Zoom call, and they heard enough, and they, but then our election clerk unilaterally by herself, renewed the Dominion contract the next day. And okay. so I, ho- I hope Robert was able to get that video over to you, if, uh, and then I can get that more documents to you. But when you understand the vulnerabilities, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's one way to lose our country. Um, So I'm glad you're on top of the World Health Organization. I watched your video this morning. It was only like uh, eight minutes, I think. Very concerning. And what what is going on with our congressmen that will allow this? And and there hasn't been a lot of chatter. There hasn't been a lot of chatter either about it. You know, I know know, um, Congressman Gozar has been on it, and Andy Biggs has been speaking on it. But like Schweiker that I'm running against, he put out a tweet about it, but he just did that because he saw I was talking about it, <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, I'm going to put something out because this is not something that he would ever get involved in. And, and the problem is this, and I, and, I, and I truly believe that one thing that Donald Trump, not one, but he did a lot of great things, but one of the things that he did that was great is that he, he told them we should pull out of the WHO. It's crooked. It's corrupt. And we're funding all of it. Or the vast majority of it, and and I I'm 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 the I'm the person who believes that when we take back Congress, we just pull completely out of it. We're done with it, and it's been corrupted by China. They're running. They're running. Uh, they're running. Uh, the Chinese and the Communist Party are running game on it, and we need to be completely done with it and dissolve it. That's oh, just, I totally that's agree. Just what I believe we need to do. 
Yeah, if you want to enter into one world government, do it through the health system, and that's what they're planning on doing. You cannot have yep. Trump get into office because he would have killed it. Oh, gee, what do you know? You had this big, massive election fraud that happened uh, because Trump was opposing their the, the powers that be, if you will, Bilderbergers, New World Order, whatever you want to call them. Um, I just call them powers that be. They couldn't have Trump opposing their one world agenda. And Absolutely. I'm so, yeah, the World Economic I, Forum and the WHO and the Vatican, I'm Catholic saying this, and the Vatican are all working together, including us. Yeah, well, then you got the International Monetary Fund, which is involved saying yeah. jokers. Mm-hmm. And with 190 yep. nations are involved in that game show. I am yep. so glad that you're running, and I wish there were other people that were um, running. Oh, by the way, uh, you're in Maricopa County, right? Yes. And that's a di- district, congressional district? Yeah, Congressional District 1. It, it, one it number one in Maricopa. Yeah, it encompasses Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, North Phoenix, Cape Creek, um, uh, Carefree, and Fountain Hills are some of the, the major towns here. When is, your, when is the primary? August 2nd. Okay, good. There's time. All right. Did you hear that the uh, supervisors of Maricopa testified before Congress and they stated that they deleted the records. Were you aware of that? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Andy you... was the one that was questioning them, I remember. Okay. Hey, so there's something I can, help, I can help you with with your campaign, okay? Okay. And it's, it's, it's a tactical <laughs> maneuver. All right. The supervisors hey, of Maricopa County – was that Robert? Go ahead. What? Go ahead. No, I was okay. trying to break So the supervisors time. of Maricopa County have violated – um, 52 USC 20701, which, as you know, requires 22 months. They have to hold on to the record 22 months. We're not even yeah. at 22 months yet. They testified. There's right there, boom, the congressional record. Get the transcripts, and I would be glad to help you get this to a federal grand jury. And even just the act that you did this and you can publish this will boost your campaign big time. That you're calling I'm, I'm all on. for anything. I'm all for anything to hold these people accountable. I know that time frame is is narrowing down quickly, and um, to to stay within or to even get an extension, quote extension from our from our state legislature, who seems just content with letting time run out. But um, yeah, we we need to uh, we need to hold those records so that they can be looked at when we have a new governor and a new attorney general that will actually prosecute people. Yeah, I heard your AG is kind of dropping the ball on that one, but basically. Uh, a, a media press release, something that you submitted a petition to a federal grand jury to indict the Maricopa County supervisors crime. Now I know some of those are Republicans, so there's some kind of sensitivity there. You might have to watch no, out no, for. No, they're not be... Republicans. They're not Republicans. They're they're rhinos, and I have no I have no empathy for any of them. <laughs> well, this is yeah, very technically. Four of the five are Republican, and they're traitors in my book. Okay, Yay. well, good. So if I can help you with this because we take the transcript from Congress. We, I, we'd even write the indictment for the grand jury. You have the right of petition, First Amendment, uh, case law, case law, case law, to petition to a grand jury. We get yep. – um, ho- hopefully if you have a friendly sheriff there in, the, in your federal no, district. The, the, we, we have our, – our sheriff is a Soros bond paid for. Paul Penzone is his name. And uh, he had about over $3 million given his campaign from Soros directly. Oh, to meet uh, – to, to beat Arpaio? Yep. 
Well, yeah, actually, okay, it was, okay. uh, well, yeah, the first time. And then, and then he beat Jerry Sheridan, allegedly, last time. All right. Well, let's go with a private process server to serve, to serve the grand jury foreman. Here is the evidence. Here's an example indictment. Here is the proof. Now go get them. And just I you submitting this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, process servers. Sure, great. So, and, yep. and the process servers are protected by federal law. It's kind of yep. an odd thing to do, but but and there's more details. But basically, you have a press release. Here's what you did. Here's the copy. There you go. And the proof of service from the process server, and you have a press release. And I think the public is just going to really love you for it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for making these guys pay for what they've done, and uh, um, in any fashion I can. You know, we we've been we've been working on the state legislatures, trying to hammer them, and we haven't pursued into anything like this yet. We've discussed it about, you know, the federal grand juries are the people's juries. We created those. They have, they, you know, the thing, the problem I have with the federal grand juries is we have a, a corrupt bar association and corrupt DAs that are blocking and interfering with the people's business. We should be able to take this, what you're talking about, to directly to the foreman of that federal grand jury and say, hey, I'd like you guys to take a look at this, and then they would decide whether they're going to hear it or not, right? The problem is we have corrupt, the corrupt bar is, is, thinks they're controlling the federal grand juries and deciding what's heard and what's not heard, and not the people well, because, deciding it. Right. Recall. So we, we've been we've been fighting that as well. So I'm with you. I'm with you on giving it a shot. So so a retired judge from Georgia helped us with this COVID nineteen research team. We did this too, but up in Medford, Oregon. But basically, I know um, exactly who you're talking about. The guy in Georgia. We spoke with him before. So yeah, the retired, Paul, Paul, no, I, yeah, I know yeah, who yeah, I know yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So basically. Serving directly the foreman. Yes. And they yes. they can't That's stand the in your way. Yeah. So I would be so happy if if you did this and you did a promo and I'm being repetitive because I'm excited. Somebody with Kahuna's is going to do something here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We 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 also uh, my good friend David Jose and I uh, we think we might have found a way to uh, permanently bypass. Uh, the DA or the, these corrupt DAs in the Bar Association blocking the people's business, but um, let's give this a shot and we'll keep working on it. And um, and you know, if anything, it'll make waves, right? It'll get people paying even more attention. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Robert. Robert, give my phone number, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it over to him. And Jen, did you want to bring something? I'm being watchful of the the time as well. Um, and so I want to – it's not like you want to say or, or add something, Jim. I, then I want to be mindful of Josh's time. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I how much time will you have for us tonight, Josh? I'm, I'm good. I got time. Go ahead, man. I got, I got time. No, I just wanted to interject. Okay, great. Go, go, ahead, uh, go ahead, Jim. When Josh said that the Vatican was working in, in, in tandem with the New World Forces, now I'm a Catholic, and I want to tell you mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct. Since 1958, the Vatican has been a asset. They were taken over, the asset of the New World Order. Uh, mm-hmm. One pope was elected and shoved aside, and then they put in John the 23rd in 1958. And ever since then, they've been getting more and more blatant. But not only can yeah. you tell that Francis is an agent of the New World Order, this guy sitting there in white claiming he's the pope, 
But uh-huh. in the United States, they're using the dioceses, all the dioceses all across the United States to process the illegal aliens from when they come over the border, they're shipped yeah. off to Catholic diocese, which then place them all over the country. So it's a very yeah. blatant uh, and my faction of Catholics look at all these guys as non-popes, non-bishops were occupied. We believe the Catholic Church will bounce back. Protestants don't. Protestants say, well, it's just collapsing because it was always a corrupt institution. We believe it will be restored. Uh, but in any case, the fact of the matter is the Vatican and the archdiocese of this country are working with the New World Order in a, an essential way to mm-hmm. bring about world tyranny and to place illegal aliens all over the country in the United States. So I just wanted to confirm that as a Catholic, I, I agree with what you said. Well, all you got to do, guys, is listen to, as, as you may be aware, Archbishop Vigano. If you yeah, listen yeah. to him, unbelievable, yeah. right? I mean, he's, yeah, he's no, spot on with everything he's saying. He's doing a good job except for one thing. He's not calling them out as anti-popes. There's a, Josh, if you, I'll email it to you. Uh, I hope, okay. but it's it's whitesmoke1958.com, whitesmoke1958.com. If you just read the introduction to that, it'll give you what the one subject that Vigano does not cover, okay? Yeah. And, but he's, in hiding. He, he's in hiding. He's afraid for his life, and uh, he he really should cover this aspect also. Maybe he doesn't know about it, though. I don't know. Well, he, he was – um. The way he was uh, became the Pope is a little odd, to say the least, right, as well. And, um, you know, almost like he was placed um, in that role, much like Zelensky was placed in Ukraine. There's a lot of yeah. odd things that just don't add up. You know, and what, I, what I figured out in politics very quickly, I always tell people, I, you know, I don't know everything about everything, but I'm a quick study. Yeah. And, 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 and there's no coincidences in politics. There's always something behind it. And when yeah. there's too many coincidences, you know something's going down. We just have to be prepared for it and identify it and fight it immediately. Do not let that fire start spreading because if you do, it's going right. to be very bad. And, and that's right. what we got to do. we got to keep putting these little fires out, whether it's a WHO, uh, whether it's the Ministry of Truth, whatever it is, got to jump on it right away and stomp it out. Fortunately, the Vatican has got to that, – that hasn't been stomped out. But if you get a yeah. chance, whitesmoke1958.com, read the introduction. And I'm, on, a, I'm on it right now. I'm on it, I'm it, on it right now. That's, that's the one thing Vigano is not com- covering. The six articles by Gary Giffray are also excellent, but I don't want to give okay. you too much to read. I mean, he's the one who discovered it all. I just summarized it in the introduction. Well, now, so. now, now that you got my attention on it, I'm probably going to be up all night reading this. <laughs> well, I, hope so. I hope it doesn't keep you up all night. But um, no, I, I, I listen. I, I, I just believe in um, knowledge is power, and you know the Bible talks about wisdom a lot throughout it, and, right. and I believe that that's why we are where we are because a lack of knowledge in this nation, um, not yep. not necessarily in engineering or as medical doctors and all this. I'm talking about constitutional knowledge of the people. Even yeah. even quote constitutional lawyers we talked with don't understand or didn't grasp some of the stuff that we were talking. They were like, "Where did you guys go to school?" I'm like, "What are you talking <laughs> about?" I went to I, I played football at Purdue. David played football at Central Michigan. That's a psychology degree. I, I work in the health and fitness industry. I own a gym, you know. But yeah. what, what we can do is we can read and we can comprehend things and we can put things together. And and they're kind of looking at us like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. But they don't. They don't teach 
I, I tell them, you know, well, they're like, I'm a um, whatever kind of attorney. I specialize in business. Business. I'm a business attorney. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the highest law of the land? And they're like, well, the Constitution. I said, well, which one? Arizona State Constitution or the U.S. Constitution? Well, whatever's not a part repugnant to the U.S. Constitution, it's Arizona. Okay. So if, if Arizona's Constitution is the highest law of the land and the Constitution is the highest law of the land, how come you don't know it like I do? Yeah. And yeah. shouldn't every attorney that leaves law school be a constitutional attorney if it's the yeah. highest law of the land? And it, 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 what it is, again, it's indoctrination throughout law school. They're purposely yeah. not teaching these people this information so they, so they can't fight for us the way they should be, you know, and it's, right. it's being purposely done. Yeah, right. Well, I can tell you're a great truth seeker, and yeah, Kelly is a, is our man on uh, the grand jury. He's the man on grand jury. But I can tell you're okay. a really first class yeah. truth seeker. So I'm re- really glad that uh, that Robert asked me to come on tonight to to meet you. So Robert, thank you very much. Well, thank well, you for coming on. Yeah, I figure you guys have a lot of uh, a, a lot of topics certainly in, in common, especially with you know Watch About USA and what he's done. Uh, there with the vote, you know, over in Arizona. So anyway, so I'll look in, um, so you, of course, there's certain, uh, you know, topics that some candidates, uh, Josh, you know, are, are probably, I mean, they, they have all, you know, they're all important, but some are maybe more of the top priorities. So, you know, let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, win the primary, you, you get the seat there in the, the U.S. Congress. Uh, what would be some of the maybe committees you'd like to see yourself on, uh, you know, and then what kind of things would be your focus, you think, uh, you know, as U.S. Congressman? You know, um, there's, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple committee, you know, as you know, you got to be assigned, right? Um, you know, right. and, and kind well, of, what, what'd you like you to know, see yourself on, right? Yeah, you know, there's anything, any committee that has to do with oversight and reform, you know, and there are um, civil rights committees and civil liberties committees that I would like to be a part of in that regard. Um, as well as in the small business uh, committees, as I have a small business, and included in investigations, oversight, regulations. I would like to be involved in that process. And the Ways and Means, because the Ways and Means Committee, although I know it's a tough one to get on, um, is very, very important because of the oversight. The Oversight Committee itself, because um, one of the main reasons I'm running is the corruption that we see. I absolutely, like I told you, I cannot stand it. It drives me insane to watch our country be a banana republic. And I want to be a part of fixing that. And um, there's also a, um, in the Ways and Means, there's a health committee that I'd like to be a part of. Obviously, I have a background in health and fitness for the last, you know, I've been hitting the weights in the weight room since I was 15 years old, you know, and I, I, I uh, turned 46 this summer. So I've been in the gym for three decades training. And, uh, and um, you know, so that, that would be something that would be, um, enticing to me too, especially now in the age of COVID, and and the um, and the responses that we get in regards to COVID. For example, um, I'd like to address um, doctors not being being able to prescribe hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. Why they weren't allowed? Why were the vaccines the only thing pushed? We didn't know what the vaccine was even in it. We still don't know what's in it. The efficacy was only 12 percent. They were telling us it was 95. You know, there's there's a lot of things that need to be corrected, and um, in those committees, and and I and I believe those, those are the ones that stick out the most. With the oversight reform, the civil rights, and civil liberties, 
small business associate or small business committee oversight regulations investigations and ways and means oversight and health um, would be the ones that I that I would love to be a part of if possible and um, you know I'm hoping that leadership would allow me to do that and of course uh, one of the topics that's near dear to everyone especially now's uh, mind uh, they call you know kitchen table topics is of course we all know inflation, right? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I literally talk about inflation all day long with, with uh, you know, just during the course of my work. And, you know, what, what would there, if anything, do you think can be done uh, for, you know, to bring inflation down back to its, you know, at least, you know, it's like 3.22% or something like that. Uh, what do you think yeah. would be, can be done about that? That and, of course, the gas prices, they're all they're tied together, but. Yes, I, I think the number one thing we can do is to unleash American energy. I, I think that's the first thing we have to do. Uh, we need to become energy independent again. We need to become a net exporter again. And remember, that was the first time it ever happened under President Trump and his administration. Um, I think, I think that honestly, that alone will make such a huge difference because the the uh, the inflation that we're seeing is directly tied to prices that we're paying right as americans the everyday americans on everyday products and the products are increasing because of a supply chain issue right and not only that but the cost of diesel is driving up costs on all these products as well so the the first thing we can do to help fix this problem is unleash american energy and and um, I believe we could have this thing flipped around, and in 45 days we would have it flipped around and rolling, and uh, we would start really seeing gas prices dropping. We would see, um, you know, prices on the shelves dropping everywhere due to just that alone. And um, you know, I was with Congressman Biggs uh, Saturday, and he he basically was saying the same thing. There's so many things we can do that we can flip this country back around in 30 to 45 days and get it going the right direction. And, and I believe that the unleashing of American energy is the number one thing, the first thing we should be doing to help uh, with the inflation issue. You know, I could get into auditing the Fed and that kind of thing as well because that needs to be done as well. We have a lot of, um, we, you know, we, we can't keep printing money to send to Ukraine and then devaluing our dollar and expecting something positive to happen. And it just needs to stop. The spending needs to stop. We need to look look through line by line every program that we have, and just start getting rid of, of these programs that are unnecessary. And uh, you know, I know Rand Paul's been pushing for that for a long time. Ron Paul was pushing along for a long time before him, obviously. And we need to rein in the Fed; it's out of control. And uh, the last time the Fed was actually checked uh, back in the I, believe, I don't know what year it was exactly the early '80s with Reagan, and that gold wasn't there. The gold was not there to back up the dollar. That's a problem. And and in the uh, also in relation to the energy uh, worldwide, you know we have Afghan or excuse me, we have the Saudis selling oil to China, not in American dollars, right? We have Russia uh, buying and selling oil in rubles or in gold. They're not using the American dollar. That's a major problem. We need to reopen our pipelines. We need to um, – the biggest the biggest mistake Biden made and why I believe we're in the, this war involved in this war with Russia and Ukraine, which we shouldn't be, is because he shut our energy down, 
put a reliance on countries that hate us, like Russia, Iran, and Venezuela, for example, and, and allowed Russia to build that North Stream 2 pipeline into Germany, which made Putin a billion dollars a day. And that also, I believe, this is where I believe why we're involved in Ukraine, is because Putin smelled blood in the water. He smelled weakness in Biden and his administration. And he probably thought to himself, if I'm ever going to do anything, what, I, what I've been wanting to do, this is the time to do it. This is the American administration I need to do it with because they're not going to do a dang thing. And sure enough, that's exactly what he did. And um, now we're in a situation where we have a bunch of uh, neocon Republicans and Democrats. All of a sudden are neocons too now, have you noticed? <laughs> and, and, yeah. um, and, they're, and they're pushing for this war. When President Trump was the only president never to enter a war in four years, his first four years, we, we pulled out of every war. We had four peace deals, the Abraham Accords. We had deals with Kosovo, Serbia, with Rick Grinnell, you know, worked that deal. We had peace in North Korea, South Korea. Unbelievable what happened under Trump. And now look at us. And, you know, this, this is what irritates me the most. Because when I think about the open border, Fentanyl pouring in, 107,000 Americans died the last 20 years. Gas prices are five, six dollars a gallon. Diesel six bucks a gallon or more. Um, we're in a war unnecessarily right now, involved in one, and we, we lost our energy independence. It's all it all it all stems back to a stolen election. This is what happens: stealing election. And yeah. and when that when 2000 mules came out, I don't know if you guys have all seen it, but you yeah. know, just watching that alone, just that, but that's just a small part of what happened, as you know, and and that alone nullifies the 2020 election. Now I just put out tonight. Javon sent me information earlier with his paper analysis that he identified 10,934 counterfeit ballots. 61 of 61 percent of them were for Biden. Because Javon told me, he always told me, listen, they didn't just cheat just on Biden's side. They had to throw some counterfeits and cheat on Trump's side, too, to make it look not so obvious. And, you know, when you see all this stuff and you think about it, all the stuff that's going wrong with this country with Biden's policies and the Democrat policies that are being implemented right now, and the stuff they're trying to pull, like this Ministry of Truth, this WHO-related stuff, tyranny, straight up tyrannical uh, totalitarian government they're trying to install on us is because of the stolen election. Now we have the World Economic Forum working with them. You know, we have, um, like I said, IMF. We have all these other global organizations all working together with Biden and his administration to push. Now they're trying to push a digital currency, right? A one, a one world digital currency basically is what they're trying to do. And it's just about right. control. They're going to control you. We don't like what you're saying. You know what? We're going to go and shut you down. They have, um, uh, uh, you know, in China, they have the social credit scoring system, as you know, and, and they're trying to do a very similar thing um, here in the United States, and, but it's business-related. And, and, and what they're doing is they're trying to push this, this, this woke bowl agenda on us. And it's the um, – I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's right off hand. It's uh, ES, I think ESL is the name of it. And it has to do with a bunch of environmental ESG, excuse me, ESG score, and it has to do with a bunch of envir- environmental nonsense. 
And, and they're, they're using this, I believe, to kind of groom us into the social credit scoring system that they can control and dictate us because they want everything electric. They want everything a digital currency. They're trying to move everybody to the cities and use public transportation, right? They, 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 they can manipulate and control you better when you're consolidated. And, and it's a scary thought, but if, if you understand what's happening and we can educate more people, we can stop the fire out, and that's what we have to continue to do. And that's what I intend to do. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that the establishment likes and D.C. likes, and uh, that's exactly why I need to be there because I'm going to stop those fires out every day, and I'm going to team up with the people in Congress that I know uh, think like I do, the Paul Gozars, the Jim Jordans. Matt Gates, all those types of people that are fighting every day, Andy Biggs, and and I'm going to stand not only side by side with them and behind them in support, but I'm going to lead it. And and that's what we need. We need we need more America First people that are going to go out there and stop these fires out. That's what I intend to do. Well, that's awesome. Then, so you know, we, let's say and, and Kelly had to go. Uh, so thank you, Kelly, uh, for your time tonight, and we'll uh, talk again. Uh, now, of course, you know, let's go say you win the primary, and then, of course, you're going to be up against the, the Democrats. Uh, they've got, through my understanding, that Hodge, Metzendorf, and, and Torres. Uh, now, unfortunately, uh, you know, they won that district, the Democrats, by about three points, I guess, uh, in 2000 uh, and 20. I'm going to say 2000. Uh, 2020. Um, but not, not by a wide margin. Do you think things have really turned uh, – uh, in the station, a, a much to make up that you know three point gap so that a Republican can win the seat, uh, whichever Democrat you end up facing. There's there's no doubt in my mind it will. You know I think we show I've seen anywhere from a plus one to a plus two and a half now with the new the new district. Um, I believe it's much larger than that. We have a lot of as you know in, in most states we have a lot of disgruntled uh, Republicans that flipped independent. And our conservative, they'll vote Republican and vote conservative, but they're registered independent. We have over a third of the people registered to vote in my district are independent. And this election, I believe, will be very good for a conservative running in this election because the independents that think like Elon Musk, right? Those people out there that have voted Democrat maybe their whole lives. Elon Musk came out and said, I'm not yeah. I'm going to vote for I'm, – I'm voting Republican now. Because this is insane. You know, real, what's happening right real, now? Real, real quick, I seen a I seen a, me, a funny meme the other day where it said something like, "You know, the Democrats are in trouble when the person who uh, is making electric cars is voting Republican or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And and you know, but I really believe that we're going to get a ton of independents over on our side. I think we're going to get some moderates to be like, "Listen, Josh is." wouldn't normally be my type of person, right, because if they're a Democrat. But he's using common sense. And right now we need a big dose of common sense in Congress for this country, not necessarily left or right on on a lot of issues, but just common sense, you know. And we can't continue to let certain things happen and continue to happen. Most most reasonable Democrats don't believe in fantasize and late-term abortion. Abortion on demand is okay. They don't believe that's okay. Most most reasonable Democrats or blue dollar JFK type Democrats don't believe that an open border is okay. That allowing fentanyl to pour into our country from China 
to the cartels. They're mixing it with drugs like Adderall and Xanax and stuff like that. And then our kids are taking it here thinking they're taking an Adderall or a Xanax, which they shouldn't be taking anyways, but they do, and they're dying from it. It's, this, is, this, is a, a, this is not a drug overdose. This is what I, I want to I make sure it's clear. I don't believe it's drug overdoses that are killing Americans. I believe it's poisoning of Americans by the Chinese, by the CCP, and by these cartels. And that's why I've, I've called out many times, if you look through my Twitter and social media, um, to declare these cartels international, domestic, or international uh, terrorist organizations and treat them as such. Now, Trump, if you remember a while back, Trump uh, threatened that. And then that's what got the president, the Mexican president, on, on, the, on the call real quick and got those 28,000 troops on the border because Trump threatened, he's, oh, my God, I can't let that happen, right? Take all their money away. And um, right. so we, we, need, we need to shut these cartels down. We need to treat these cartels like ISIS. Like what they're doing to our country is an act of war. It's an act of war. And, and they're making billions of dollars off of it. And they're trafficking kids, sex trafficking kids, trafficking women. It needs, we need to put an end to it. We need to put a stop to it immediately. And I believe we will when we get the right people in office. Because I've, since I've been speaking out about that particular subject, Carrie Lake has come out and, and endorsed that idea of, of, of uh, declaring them terrorist organizations. And I've heard a few others endorse the idea. And I believe it's something that needs to happen. And otherwise, um, our border right our border right now is being ran by the cartels, and it's it's unbelievable that the United States of America is being run by cartels. It just it, it blows my mind that we've allowed this to happen. And I don't think any sane, reasonable, rational Democrat would think that that's okay. I, I don't believe that at all. And now. Uh, uh, I think sometimes these Democrats get stuck in being a Democrat and not realizing, even if they do realize that their party left them, much like Elon Musk has been saying, and, and they just want to vote Democrat just, just out of spite in a way. They, they're not objectively looking at what's best for the country. But I think this time around we're going to. And I honestly, I don't give a dang who, who wins the Democrat primary. I don't care who they put up. I don't, it does, I, I'm not going to spend one second even worrying about it because what are they going to run on? <laughs> what are they going to run on? Five dollars. Yeah, that's, yeah gas? that's a very good point. <laughs> open borders. You know, hundred seven thousand fentanyl deaths because of our open border. Are they going to run on defunding the police with murder rates up forty fifty percent in these Democrat run cities? You know, what what, what are they going to say? Because if they don't condone that those policies, because that's what they that's what they've done. Then, then they're flat out lying. The actions the Democrat Party has taken, and these are the results because of that. So you can sit there and try to lie about it, but you're not going to pull that on me. So if we're we're in a debate situation, I'm going to absolutely destroy these people with facts, and 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 that that's what it's going to take is someone that can, off the top of their head, debate ideas, solutions, and facts, and show that the left is destructive, and, and, and you know, and and um. And this America last policies that are being implemented don't work and they need to stop. We have a stark contrast between America first policies and these America last policies the Democrats have been doing. And like I said, I, I don't give a dang who the Democrats put up. They're going to lose big time in Congressional District 1. And I, I believe that we're going to have a type of victory that 
that we used to see back in here in this district in 2010, where we're going to blow them out of the water. And we're going to blow them out of the water with sound, sane, common sense policies that work for everybody. It gets this country prosperous again. It gets this country moving again and bring manufacturing back, bring more jobs back, control our border, and we can do. We can get this country flipped around. I truly believe in that 45 to 60 day mark. Uh, we can get things really rolling and back, back on track. And I and I believe that when the American people see that and see that difference, when we're back in control, that we're not going to relinquish that control for at least a couple of elections. And whether it's the House, the Senate, or the presidency, I think we're going to hold firm on those by showing the American people what we can do. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't like, I mean, one phrase that, that I was watching Laura Ingram last night, and they were talking about, oh, the Democratic extinction. It's like, no, we've, we've heard that before. That's, that, that's not going to happen. But I do think that I, I, a, a, what I've been calling a red, wex, red reckoning is, uh, is coming, uh, you know, for that. And, yeah, you know, again, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the, you know, the polls right now, uh, you know, in Arizona. Actually, not many polls, you know, you know not when it comes to the general election on who may, you know, take any particular seat anywhere, frankly. I'm just going off of, you know, 2020 there. Now, speaking yeah. of Democrats in Arizona, I mean, I mean, I, I have to admit, even though he's a Democrat, I kind of did like the idea of Mark Kelly being there just because his uh, connection with the space program. And my, my hope was that, you know, he would have more, you know, support for the Artemis program, make sure it's, it's more, uh, you know, completely funded, things of that nature. Um, but it, it, well, I don't he, think he's he even going to hell there. Yeah, he's voted with Biden 100 percent of the time, and yeah. he's he's completely compromised by China, completely and totally compromised. You know, one thing I always wanted to ask him is, you know, because you know when when Biden was putting all this stuff about Russia, is you know, Mark Kelly was on the International Space Station for a year with Russians, and he he launched from Russia. I, I would have, uh-huh. I would like to get his take about you know how much should we fear Russia when you spend all this time over there? I've always wanted to pick his pick his brain on that one. To be honest with you. Well, <laughs> I, you know what? He spent a lot of time he, over there. Yeah, he he would just lie to you because every time he opens his mouth, he lies. <laughs> so I don't think you would ever get a straight direct answer from that guy. And um, you know, it's it's just unfortunate that somewhere along the lines, you know. Somebody like Mark Kelly, who was in the military and, and, and did, you know, did what he did, just took a hard right. ride. Somewhere, something like, it, it, it's really remarkable how how that happened, you know. And um, it's, it's uh, you know, we need to get him out of there. My goodness. We got, you know, we got Jim Lehman out here, and we got Blake Masters. And I, I like both those guys. And I think either one of them would do a great job. I think either one of them would beat Mark Kelly. And, um, you know, but, um, you know, we need, we need to get this state back under control. We need to win 2024, get Christmas cinema out. You know, we, we need to take back control of Arizona. And, um, and I believe we will. I really do. I believe we will. Like I said, I think when Arizona gets back even more control in the state house and Senate, we can get more things done and not be blocked by one person, which is what's happened out here. And we can show, this, the people of Arizona, again, that stark contrast between what a conservative is and the conservative policies are and what crazy, wacky left-wing policies are. And um, 
and, and, and you'll see. I mean, that's why people are moving here. That's why people are moving to Florida and Texas. They're not moving to California and New York or New Jersey. They're not moving to Minnesota. They're moving to conservative states that have conservative policies and America First policies. It's no coincidence. But these people that move there got to understand why they left where they, where, they, where they were and why they are where they are. And, and that's a whole other teaching issue that we, that we got to really pay attention to is pointing out to these people why they left where they were and why, why Arizona's great, why Florida's great, why Texas is great. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that some people just can't get it through their, through their heads that policies do not work. They don't work. And uh, we, we need to, like I said, we got to stomp these fires out every step of the way. Now, a little bit more uh, fun topic here. Um, what's going on with the uh, Diamondbacks? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Good this I, year, I, are they? <laughs> I, I grew up a Cincinnati Reds fan, right? And they're doing better than my Reds, which is not saying much. So, no, I'm in Cincinnati, I, I, uh, so I know. <laughs> my God, they're, they're just got off of this year. It's embarrassing how terrible they are. Well, and, uh, well, the, the you ownership, know, uh, the, yeah, the, the ownership gutted the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they do it every time. You know how it is as a Reds fan. We, we put together a great team, and, you know, we, we use a lot. We have a great minor league system. We, we, yep. we, we put together a great team. We got maybe one or two years with them before we dump and we can't afford everybody. And <laughs> we get rid of everybody. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we, we got to get lucky. Well, have you been to the Great American Ballpark? Uh, when they made the stadium, the new stadium? Yes. Relatively new. Yes. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, they built that more for a, an entertainment complex and the, hey, let's come here and watch the Reds win. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the cool thing about the Great American Ball, I still call it Riverfront Stadium, by the way, just because. And, oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I still, I, I'm kind of like old school. Like, I call, um, you know, the Colts or the Colts, I don't even know what the hell they call it for real now. I call it the Hoosier Dome. I still call it, I still call it Comiskey Park. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I got, I mm-hmm. stick to the old school uh, names for these, but, um, but you know, they, it, it's a home run park. You know what I mean? There are a lot of home runs hit in that park and uh, it's, um, it makes maybe the game a little more entertaining, but uh, usually right now it seems like the only team hitting home runs is the opposing team. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. They, 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 they gutted it to save some money and, yeah, I remember when they they tore down Riverfront Stadium. Uh, I, I think it was built the year I was born, and you know I was like, well, wait a minute. The Romans two thousand plus years ago can build something that's still pretty much standing, and we can't. And I think they tore it down in two thousand or something like that. So I'm like, and we can't build a stadium that's that's going to last for thirty years. What's going on? <laughs> Maybe we should learn from the old <laughs> Romans or something how to build a stadium. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah, they can't last. You know, heaven forbid we, we have something that lasts more than 20 years, you know? Yeah, and I've always been a Cardinals fan. I was, I was heartbroken with what happened uh, to the Cardinals uh, you know, when they when they played, uh, I think it was uh, the Giants, I think, uh, in the playoff game. Yeah, we uh, – yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure – I just turned the TV off <laughs> Pretty sure that Riverfront. I think it was 02. I think it was 2002 when they when they got rid of it. But yeah, right around the 2002 okay. mark. But you know, I'll like I said, I'm always going to lobby for Pete Rose to be in the Hall of Fame. So I'm, I, I don't care what anybody says about it. I'm going to lobby for Pete Rose to be in the Hall of Fame. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly something separate than, than what he did. He never he never voted against or, or bet against the Reds, from my understanding of it. Exactly. No, that's true. That's yeah, true. That's, and and how, do, how do you have the all-time hits leader not in the Hall of Fame? It's ridiculous. It, 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 it will probably happen uh, posthumously when someone wants to do it to get some popularity, I hate to say. Yeah, hope, probably, hopefully yeah, it turns and he gets a lot get of support. A, I'm sorry? I said, hopefully, you know, it starts turning. He starts getting a lot of support behind him. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, and I bombing. I mean, I said, I've always liked the Cardinals, even when they were, you know, weren't in Arizona. But, you know, past couple of years, uh, you, you talk about, you know, people moving out to Arizona. Is that, that that's you know, the place that, you know, my wife and I are looking to retire many years from now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so certainly taking an interest in how things are going to uh you know, develop out there, you know, of course, development and, and politically, because uh, I'm actually, I'm hoping to be out there uh, in early June. Uh, Alcor, you're, they're in Scottsdale. You're probably familiar with them. Uh, they're having a convention there. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, thinking about going through, they're celebrating their 50, 50th year anniversary, and they're having a convention there. I'm going to try to attend. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool for sure. Yeah, so I'm hoping. I mean, I got the time off. Uh, I just got to, you know, just got to get out there. A buddy of mine and uh, I, we might do a road trip, kind of see the site uh, on the way out. But uh, that, that's what I'm hoping to do in the first thing, uh, But, you know, I'm uh, looking at the time here. What, is there any uh, specific topics or anything that uh, yourself wanted to do? I know uh, Kelly had to go, but Jim, uh, did you have anything that you want to, to chime in on or? Okay, so Jim's uh, listening, but uh, I guess not uh, on the on the line. Well, he's on the line, but listening. So, was there any specific topic you want to make sure you know covered or talked about, or or you know that's near dear to your heart? Well, other than the no, rest, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, nothing in particular. You know, uh, I, I know I talked on a lot of stuff as as we were going through. Once I get rolling, sometimes it's uh it's uh it's hard to stop. But uh, if you guys oh, want no, any more, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, go to barnettforaz.com if you have uh, have a lot of general stuff, some of the endorsements and that thing up. We're updating that page as well. Um, I have some notices and affidavits on there as well. Somebody wants to read through some of the newer notices. Um, I, you know, check out obviously my Twitter is barnettforaz on Twitter, Instagram, and Truth, and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. So I'm very active on uh, on Twitter, probably the most. But um, I have been sharing a lot of the information on truth as well now. I'm trying my best to kind of remember. I'm on Getter as well. I'm on everywhere. And uh, I'm, I'm basically trying to copy-paste on truth with uh, with my Twitter as best I can. And truth is picking up quite a bit, but my, my, my Twitter has blown up so much since Elon took over or somewhat took over uh, and got a lot of my old followers that I lost, like 30,000 of them, before the 2020 wow. election. And I'm starting to get those back now. Um, I'm back to 97,000. I should be well over 100 something, but um, I'm, I'm closing back in on my 100,000 mark again. And uh, so I have, you know, who knows how many are bots, right? <laughs> With what we saw, half <laughs> half of Joe Biden's followers were were bots and fake followers, just like his fake presidency. But um, you know, we we um, I, I try my best to keep people informed on on my platforms and uh, and go from there. 
No, certainly. You want to follow you on Twitter, of course, you know that because that's how we correspond. <laughs> yes, so, yes. No, I appreciate your time. I definitely want to, you know, have you back on as the, you know, the, the summer rolls and you do more in your campaign. I, I know uh, podcasts and I you know, try to stay as unbiased as I can, but I, I can't say uh, honestly that, that I'm always, always like that. I do have my candidate, so I do like better than others. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, yeah. But, yeah, certainly, uh, I had my own campaign that I was working on. Unfortunately, I didn't win. I, I literally lost my two votes. And, <laughs> but uh, I'll try to get some well-known, uh, some I ever ran for anything. Uh, and so, but, you know, the uh, most candidate, she's running against uh, Bill Biden, uh, in project here in one of our, our District 30. Uh, we're going to looking on having her on the show in the next week or so, uh, but she's running for the Republican primary for that district against Bill Sykes, who, uh, we're, you know, a lot of conservatives are really upset with him because, you know, he was just, there's a, a bill here, HB 248, you know, about vaccine mandates, both businesses and, and, and things of that nature, the government uh, and schools, you know, making, you know, because we even had colleges here who are saying, well, you can't even go to college, like my alma mater. Uh, Xavier University uh, put a vaccine mandate out that you can't be a student here unless you got vaccinated. My daughter wow. was going to get her master's wow. degree. Yeah, my daughter was going to get her master's degree there. And I was like, well, if you keep this mandate up, guess what? You lost. I know it's only one student, but still. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, like, that's like I said, that, we, we got to we, we, in it. Sorry, we gotta, we gotta, like Go we gotta, we gotta keep attacking these people. We can't give them an inch, you know. We cannot give them an inch. And um, this, this whole vaccine, forced vaccine issue is absolutely despicable to me. And that's why it's so important that we, we get the right people in office to clean this mess up, and to, um, you know, and teach people about the private to protect their businesses, and um, and their individual rights. And uh, like I said, if anybody wants information on that reach out to me either through my website. Um, you can email me uh, just josh at barnettforaz.com. You can email me directly there um, if you have any questions in regards to the private um, and if you're um, interested in moving into the, like literally moving into the private, I'll get David on with us and get us on a call so that so that could be done. I, I don't even know what, I know most attorneys that know how to do it charge like $30,000. I think David charges like five grand or a fifth of that. You know what I mean? So um, but it's it's the best thing I ever did, uh, obviously, and uh, and it saves you a lot of hassle later because uh, they're going to try to do this again, and they're already talking about another wave of of virus coming in the fall, and they're they're already setting this whole thing up. So I'm just trying to yeah, get people. <laughs> uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. So we're trying to get ahead of it, you know, much like we did with the job form notice to the WHO and get ahead of it and, and like I said, try to stop that fire out before it gets spreading. Well, yeah, and I mean, do you, I, I mean, I truly hope uh, that the people can, I mean, can see through, you know, can see through that, uh, you know, where they, oh, look, it's about elections. Just like, I'm sure you've noticed this, Josh, it seems like, at least to me, that every time we get close to election, gas prices always go down. <laughs> they go back up. Uh, but if, right before, oh, I mean, yeah. about a month before uh, election, gas prices seem to go down. 
regardless of who's in office, frankly. But but with this, I mean, yeah. I think I'm hoping people can see where okay, elections coming now, spreading now more, and oh, now we have to have these drop boxes again. I really hope people see through that, and if they don't, I mean, as you as you pointed out, I mean, we're going to need an army of people literally monitoring physically 24 hours while those boxes are out there, um, especially if you watch. Well, I know you have, but for those you know who watch and who still watch uh, 2,000 mules, I mean, just people seeing people that are just you know shoved in ballots, you know, like that, and you know, so people are going to have to watch those those, uh, those drop boxes if, if they have them like that again. Because they're going to try to steal it, even though I think it's they're going to have to do it even more overwhelmingly than they did, you know, in 2020. Yeah, no, it's um, I I agree with you. I mean, that's exactly what they're going to try to pull. And and we, like I said, we have to do our best to get ahead of it. We have to make sure that we have poll watchers in place. We have to make sure we got people watching the ballot, the uh, these ballot boxes. If you do have it in your state that we have eyes on everything, uh, make sure the cameras are working, right, because we know they turn them off here in Arizona. Uh, we have to be on top mm-hmm. of it. And uh, if we're on top of our game with the crazy left and their horrible policies, you know, destroying our nation, I think we're going to win in a, in a big fashion come November. And we can, again, like I said, we can get this country back, back under control and, and just with common sense. And, and, and accountability, you know, that we need accountability. We need people, these Fauci's and the people that lied to Congress, uh, the John Durham situation. We need accountability. And, and I, I think, I think we're going to accomplish that. Yeah, I think the, the first two years of, of, of uh, the Republican takeover, I guess you would call it, we're going to accomplish a lot of that stuff. And when it comes to 2024 and we have the trifecta back again, we're going to really, really pay. It's, it's, it's called payback at that point. We're going to make these people pay for what they've done to us. And, and, and that, that's how I feel about it. This is a war uh, for our republic, and I'm treating it as such. And I'm not taking it lightly. And I'm not here to play fair. I'm here to destroy you and regain control of our country. And I'm not going to let a Democrat sit there and dictate things any longer. We're not going to let it happen. And, and, um, and I want that mindset of everybody else that sits in these committees. You know, any, and to me, you know, they were kicking Gozar and Marjorie Green Taylor off committees over nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I've said that one of the first things that I want to do, I'm going to put a bill in to remove any Democrat off any committee who openly – supported the Russia Gate, Russia collusion story and knowingly supported it. Now we know Adam Schiff for sure. <laughs> yeah, we know for a fact that they knew that it was BS and they continued every day to lie to us for two years about it. We know that because Cash Patel, Rick Grinnell released the transcripts from the skiff and we know that they knew about it the whole time and they lied. They need to be held accountable. They should be removed from any and all committees immediately. Yep. And that includes any other Democrats right. as well. That's why I like to call it a red reckoning because that that's what it needs to be is a reckoning, <laughs> you know, of, of, of everything. Yeah, definitely be held accountable uh, because it seems like they just they're able to get away with these lies and, and maybe if it's some illegalities and just totally get away with it. I mean, look at Hillary Clinton, what she's all got, you know, what she all has gotten away with. 
And then people, you know, it seems like they, you know, they, they lie to Congress and they get away. Look at the lies out of Schiff and the media. I wish there was a way to hold, uh, you know, the media accountable uh, as well, who was trying to say, like, the Hunter Biden laptop is just, you know, Russian disinformation and, you know, and, and all the lies that they, you know, that they told. They lied. Yeah, they lied. They suppressed the New York Post story and they just lied and lied and lied. And um, it's it's unbelievable like I said, what we've allowed to happen in this country and, and allowed a corrupt media to not be held accountable. And, and, and we, well, we, we need, we need our billionaires, right? We need our conservative billionaires that are out there to do what Elon Musk did. Not that Elon's a conservative, but he, he, he's for free speech, right? And we need to take yeah. over the Washington Post. Why, why did we let business buy it? Why didn't, why didn't a conservative buy it? You know, why, why, why is it a conservative mm-hmm. buying CNN and making it a legitimate news source, not right or left? I don't want to have, I don't want to hear your damn opinion on there. I don't want to hear, I don't, I much love Tucker. I don't want to hear Tucker. I don't want to hear Laura Ingram. I don't want to hear Hannity. I don't want to hear Don Lemon for sure or Rachel, but I don't want to hear anybody's opinion. I want facts and news. Can we get to a news source that just gives facts and news without their opinion? Wouldn't it be nice to have that at least just one news channel like that? And and um and I know there's always going to be a, a little lean to the left or right. I get that you know you're going to have some opinion in there, but you you understand what I'm saying. And and you know we need well, we need, we need our quote rich people to step up. Well, yeah, certainly. And again, I agree. I mean, I, my my jury's still out about Elon Musk. I like a lot of what he's he's doing, but I still haven't 100 percent trust him. Um, but no, certainly. I mean, where are all the the, you know, the conservative uh, billionaires at, and you know, one point I like to make early is just it's just a, it's a, I wonder like how can anyone vote for a Democrat? For one, they're they're, they're hypocrites. I mean, uh, they're all look at one off the Supreme Court after that leak about you know they may overturn federally you know Roe versus Wade, and then you have all these people saying in my body, my choice. It's like well now okay now they can define a woman again. Um, and then they want to scream my body, my choice when it comes to abortion, but they don't want anyone to have a choice whether they get you know, shot with a so-called vaccine. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, it's remarkable. And the whole, the whole Roe v. Wade situation and, um, it, it, and the, mis, the misinformation that's went along with it. So, one, they're protesting outside a Supreme Court judge's house, personal residence, which is illegal. They should all be arrested yeah. and thrown in jail right now. Um, but besides that, Roe v. Wade doesn't get rid of abortion. It just puts it back to the states. Right. It, it's not saying we're not re, – the reversal of Roe v. Wade doesn't say you can't get an abortion. It just says the state's going to decide like, like it should. It's not, a, it's not right. an enumerated power by Congress. It's not in our Constitution. You have no constitutional right to kill your baby. And And – so, if anything, it's the opposite. That baby has constitutional rights, you know? If anything, it's the exact opposite of what they're saying. But the, even with that argument, you know, Roe v. Wade would simply go back to the states and the states would decide. It's really that simple. And, um, and that, that's what should happen. That's 100% what should happen. That, that the leak was intentional. It purposely done to, yeah, yeah. Um, to try to intimidate the Supreme Court justices like yep. they're doing now. But it also, it's, um, it was also a distraction to 2,000 mules that came out the same day. 
And the Pfizer documents came out the same day as well that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned news organizations. I had someone here uh, having a little debate about news organizations. Uh, I think it was just last night. And they're saying how they think Reuters is actually, uh, oh, well, they're so unbiased and, you know, they don't have, you know, they don't have any leaning. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, if you right. have to look at the list of articles from Reuters to say that they're, they're oh. not left-wing. <laughs> they're, they're as left-wing as MSNBC. You know, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. it's like saying Politico. Like, Politico's neutral. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's crazy to me that that's, there's a lot of people out there that actually think that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, they actually saying. believe. It's like, what yeah. planet? I, I say this on Twitter a lot. You've probably seen me. What planet do you live on? I always ask people. <laughs> Because there's no way you can live on planet Earth and actually think that that's real, or you're just trying to troll, one of the two, right? And um, it, but it is remarkable. There are a lot. There's still a lot of people out there that believe the fake news. It's less now than it was, but it's it's still there. One thing that baffled me is I remember this was. Um, I guess a couple of years ago, at Christmas time, and why they play uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, you know, during Christmas time, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know if I've watched the entire movie, um, just because I'm not real big in those, like, older movies. But um, but it was, like, made in the 40s, like 1943, and I'm, I'm watching it on Christmas, you know, and, you know, like, yeah, this is a movie about, you know, government corruption, corruption in Washington, D.C., and this is a movie that was made in 1940, 1943, something of that nature. We finally get, you know, so people are aware of and complain about the, the corruption in Washington, D.C. for literally decades. We finally get a, a populist president in the White House who wants to address the corruption in Washington, D.C., and then somehow the so-called media was successful and getting a good percentage of the United States, pop, you know, at least voting population, to believe that Trump was the corrupted one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that always baffled me. Like, how can they convince all these people, you know, that Trump's the one who's corrupt? I just, unbelievable how they were able to do it. But as I've also said many times, and we all know this, I'm not saying anything that's revealing, is that, you know, while, you know, us conservatives, you know, we're out there being the cogs of society. You know, we're the, the construction workers, the business owners. You know, the you know, just you know, work you know, working the uh, making the making the product here in the United States. And then you have the left. They because they're the influencers. They're in the media. They're in academia. They you know that that's where they spent their time and their focus. And I think it's high time that you know conservatives, as you said, we're our billionaires. But we also could need more people to be teachers and. More people who are, you know, your celebrities and more people in, in media, you know, to be on the right as well. Or else, that's why I think so many people were able to be influenced, you know, in 2020. I mean, certainly, I think the election was fraud and stolen, but I think there was, unfortunately, enough people to believe, you know, all the stuff, all the lies about Trump to make that, that uh, obfuscation and that stealing of the election um, possible and unfortunately successful. Well, that, that's why that's why the accountability is so. Here's here's what I get from a lot of people, independents, um, especially Democrats, and even some Republicans. Well, if it was stolen, then why wasn't anybody arrested? 
if, if, if Trump, if it wasn't, if, if Trump, uh, if the dossier is fake, then, then why wasn't anybody arrested? And they're like, well, there's been five people indicted, but you're too dumb to look into it, <laughs> you know, but under Durham. But that's why we need accountability. And without it, it's hard, it's hard to show proof. Like, I can, like tonight, I go on Twitter, I put, hey, Javon Pulitzer has officially found 10,934 counterfeit ballots. Both for Trump and Biden, 61% of them are for Biden. And they'll be like, well, what proof do you have of that? I'm like, gee, many Christmas. I go, I don't have to prove nothing to you. Brinovich has this information. But we need Brinovich to act on it and to hold people accountable. You know what I mean? So without this information, people just blow it off like it means nothing. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, that's why that's one of the things I want to do. Uh, in, within these oversight committees, but also these newly formed committees we're going to have in regards to oversight and, um, and, and, and accountability, whether it's Fauci and NIH and Wuhan Research Lab in China, or it's Russiagate, the dossier, and helping dig up more information with that. Maybe we have Devin Nunes come in and, and, and help work on that too with us a little bit. Um, even though he's not officially there, we're definitely going to need his help. Um, or Cascatel, obviously, or Rick Grinnell, any of the three. And, and um, we need to get to the bottom of all this stuff and not just get to the bottom of it and puff our chest up like we did, we accomplished something. These people need arrested and thrown in jail for what they've done. And until we get that, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. Unfortunately, yeah, I hate to say it, it's never going to change. I mean, think about what these people have done. They stole stole an election from the president of the United States, president of the free world. Took him off the platform. They suppressed a story of the, the, quote, president's son having sex with underage girls and doing drugs. And they don't do nothing. They suppressed the story. They suppressed the use of of drugs like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. They could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives if used early on and properly. It, they, nobody talks about it. Is it all oh, that's that's disinformation? That's a lie. You're a conspiracy theorist. And then what happens a year or two later, or even less, six months usually or less? It comes out I was right all along about everything. And and again, yeah, without accountability, it. we live in a banana republic. So unfortunately, we've been uh, living in that, as you pointed out, for a long time. And I'm just hoping that you know there is going to be enough. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, I think they're going to, and, you know, I don't know if my confidence level, to be honest, might be as, as high as yours, but, I mean, when the Republicans in the, get the House, and I do believe they'll get the House and probably even the Senate as well, I mean, I really hope they do. Uh, I mean, you, you, you're surprised again, and you're more confident that they're going to do something than I am. <laughs> I'm just hoping they do. Um, I mean, we, I've, I've been to this, uh, seen this rodeo before. Um, but I mean, now of course the lie has been exposed just in the past, literally just you know two years. Really, I think a lot of stuff while while Trump, you know, you know was was in office at and after once Biden got elected, I think things are finally coming out. But now you you mentioned Durham, and if, if we've got time to go into the weeds a little bit on this, is that I'm getting the sense that it's taking so long, and I'm like, well, why is it taking so long? And and now that it's out, I mean, is it going to make any significance? Do you think what could come out from the Durham report would make any significance for the, the 22, uh, 2022 election? 
I, I believe it absolutely will make a big difference. And and I and I say that because it's going to be definitive proof that we are right all along, that they lied directly to the American people for years about it. And I believe it's just going to reiterate how dirty the Democrat Party is, how dirty the 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 news media is. Again, like we didn't already know, but I think it's going to reiterate, especially independents out there that felt they were lied to, the MSNBC watchers, you know, that were lied to, they're going to be even more mad. They're going to be upset about it. And, um, and I, I believe that, um, I believe it will make a big difference. Well, I certainly, I certainly hope you're right in that. Um, so, but I mean, I, I think you're going, I mean, how, I, I hate to say it because I don't want to sound crass at all, but I just don't see why anyone would vote for a Democrat. I just don't. It just it baffles my mind to think. I mean, just seeing how the economy is, just seeing how everything is right now. How, what would make you think it's good? It's a good idea for you and your family to vote for a Democrat. I just I don't understand how yeah. anyone could think. I, well, I think that because well, talking to some, some liberals, you know, going back and forth. It's, I mean, it's a waste of time, unfortunately, to talk to liberals anymore. But. Um, is I mean they really I mean they've been led to believe that none of this is Biden's fault. It all has to do with what's going on around the world, or it all has to do with you know of course Trump. Trump you know they they just can't get it back through Trump. So like even though he's been president for a year and a half, uh, you know so, I mean that that's why they still vote can vote for Democrats. I think I think they believe that it's what's going on really isn't their fault. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's definitely a lot to that. It's it's I, I I don't see any logical reason to vote Democrat these days either. Of course, I'm extremely biased, but when you see guys like Elon Musk that I would consider middle of the road, left a little bit, coming to our yeah. side and seeing yeah, seeing like thanks for what they are, that's a huge huge deal. I think somebody like him, um, showing showing those people on the left that follow him and, and adore him that he's like, this is not okay, guys. This is crazy. Like, this is not Democrat. This is like crazy, insane leftist stuff. You know, and I think he's showing them that it's not Democrat. It's actually insane socialist communist policies. And, 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 I, and, I, and I, I love the fact that he's exposing it. And he's talking trash to him on Twitter doing it as well. Have <laughs> you seen any of his, 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 um, his uh, tweets the last few uh, last few days, he's having a little fun with them, and um, it deservedly so. They they deserve everything they're getting. Well, well, yeah, and then anyone else saying you know I'll oh, be, be a Republican, and, and I've said this for a long time that the, the Democrat Party is no longer the party of JFK. That is for certain. Yeah, yeah, it, it, the party's definitely disappeared. The, the party's gone, and. Um, you know, my goal my goal is to uh, is to eliminate it completely with exposure to truth and sunlight, and and that, that's what I believe we're going to do. And I think we're going to get a good start of that coming up into this next election. What, what they stand the... for is not American. Everything they stand for is un-American. You know, there's not a policy they put out that is actually what I'll consider to be America first. In, in American, period. Yeah. They're literally communist. And it's not, I'm not using uh, explosive rhetoric. Like, it's literally what they are right now. 
Right. And, they, um, well, and that's why I'm concerned about, you know, why I said we need to get back into academia because, you know, we have a lot of young folks who are like, like the idea, because they don't really understand it, I think, uh, you know, like the idea of, oh, yeah, you know, we think socialism is great, and they, they, they're they actually taught, you know, to hate America. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I hate to see that, but I, I think that's happening a lot. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah, it really is. You know, um, you know what I tell people? Talk to le- talk to legal immigrants about how it was where they're from, and when when you do that, that'll open up their eyes and ears to the truth. Because legal immigrants will tell you exactly why they're here and what they came from, and why. I've never met a legal immigrant. Two things: that likes the direction the Democrat Party is going now, or endorses any type of illegal immigration because they, they did it the right way. Right. Yeah, and the blue bomb and that's right, you know, when I'll be you know, debating with people about illegal immigration, like, well, that's how your, you know, that's how your ancestors got here. It's like, uh, no, there, there used to be a time where people had to be, have a sponsor in order to come and stay in the United States and had to prove that they can financially support themselves. And, and they went through Ellis Island legally. Yeah. Now, one thing, I mean, I, I know this might sound extreme, uh, Josh, but there's t- there's times I think that we really need to militarize the, bo- the border, frankly. You know, it's like, all right, maybe we need to put some more military there. At least National, at least national Guard. Again, that, that might seem a little extreme. It's not extreme at all. Um, it's not extreme at all. It's um. That's exactly what needs to happen, and that, that's why I say we need to declare them international uh, terrorist organizations because that would involve our military, would allow our military, our SEALs, our Rangers, Special Forces, to be involved in wiping out the cartel. So there would be military involvement. But I, I think now it's an absolute necessity for that to happen. We can't allow 100,000 Americans to die from fentanyl lace poison pills being brought by the cartels in here through, from China. Just that alone, not to mention the children being trafficked, the women being raped and assaulted, like coming over here, bringing in illegals into our country, dumping them off. It absolutely, um, you know, we can't allow it. We, we, we need to do something about it. We, we need to do something drastic about it to stop it immediately. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, it's, yeah, I like that. Have you ever seen the the movie Gladiators? Oh yeah, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, I like that. When I was uh, I started the show back in 2012, and it began where me and a group of people we were uh, supporting the Gingrich campaign when he was running for president. And there was a little a bit, little uh, video clip from that movie that we play. You know, kind of as our, our motivator at the beginning and the end of the night. You know. Um, and, and one part of it is, you know, it's, 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 the time for talk and half measures is over, or the time for half measures and talk is over. Um, and I think that's where we're at now is it's the time for to talk about things and, you know, and half measures to get this stuff done. Because and one of my gripes, you know, from, from doing this show for about a decade is that, I've, you know, I've noticed, I'm not just me, I'm sure the others have as well, but we've, we've been talking about the same topic for probably 40 years. Social Security, immigration, health care. Like, you know, when are we ever going to have these, you know, issues solved? And when are we going to say, okay, well, you know, we, we know what we need to do to keep uh, you know, Social Security uh, solvent. 
Well, we know how, you know what to do about the border now. Like I think on your website you said something about you agree with a, a ten-year moratorium on immigra- on immigration. I don't know if you meant all immigration or just you know letting in, illegals in. Personally, I think a ten-year yeah. on all immigration, frankly. Um, and so, uh, I mean, but these are subjects that we've been talking about for decades, and or healthcare, and it just never seems to be resolved. We never, you know, find uh, you know the solution for for, for these issues. Yeah, no, it, it, no, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's um, it's it, it's kind of it kind of tell me this. It, it kind of gets overwhelming, doesn't it? When you think about what's happening, what we need to do, how we need to do it, and 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 I tell people what I, what I, what I plan on doing is addressing things one by one. I'm gonna have a list. I already have a list. I have a list of things that I want to address, and I'm gonna go from top priority down to the lowest priority, at least in my mind, in my in my constituents' minds that I talk to, and just go right down the list and just check them off. And I feel that's what we got to do, and uh, we can correct, like I said, a lot of things very quickly. Yeah, just, I mean, there's going to be plenty of independents, you know, hopefully, you know, to, you know, to come on, you know, come on board as well. Uh, hopefully they'll see. I wonder how many people have Biden and Democrat remorse at this point. <laughs> I'm sure there's, I'm oh, sure there's they, a good deal of them. They got to got to be a lot out there. And you know, it's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of my Democrats I know that voted for him are awfully quiet. They don't say they, they don't say a whole lot anymore, ever about anything. No. You know, every so often I'll poke at them about the gas prices and stuff to have a little fun with them. But I'm planting that right. seed. Like, don't don't even don't even go there with me. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's you know, I've had a number of uh, my cousins and things of that nature. I think most of my immediate family um, voted for Trump, and it was actually my daughter's. Uh, it was my daughter uh, in 2020 it was my daughter's first chance to vote for president. She was so excited uh, to uh, to vote for Trump. She came out and she's like, "I did it!" You know, she was all excited uh, about That's it. That's cool. That's um, cool. Yeah, she and so it, it, she thought it was pretty neat. She got to vote for her dad this year. So she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's pretty neat. She got to, you know, because I was in the ballot and she was able to vote for me. But uh, she, yeah. so she said that was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, uh, but we do. I mean, I remember with Jim, actually, Jim, Jim, Jim's the one who, uh, you know, asked me to run for the, you know, precinct executive uh, for, you yeah. know, for the precinct strategy to get, you know, when you know, I'm sure you're well aware of that, what that is. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, it's all, I mean, I've never ran before. I've always been interested in politics. I've followed since I was frankly 10 years old. Um, and, I mean, that's my degree in political science. Not that I'm, you know, doing that for a living at this <laughs> right now, but uh, that's a whole that's a whole story. Uh, but, uh, no, in 2008, my brother and I had a small business doing home remodeling and landscaping. And uh, 2008, you know, hit us pretty hard. So, uh, but anyway... No, we, we we I think we closed down like a year later after 2008. Um, you know, in, in the business. But then anyway, one or separate ways on them. Uh, you know, but I mean, I've, so it was the first time I ever ran, and you know, my opponent, her husband, uh, was the uh, county commissioner uh, that spearheaded the uh, the stadium deal for Paul Brown Stadium here in Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, really? Huh, so yeah, so let's just say she knew some people. <laughs> yeah, she had a slight yeah, advantage, she, right? 
Get that? She had a slight advantage, right? <laughs> I would say a slight. Oh, yeah, because um, yeah, she definitely had the name recognition. People knew her. And um, I, I'll tell you a funny story if you, get, if you want to hear it. Well, it's not kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of – so, you know, as I said, I've been following this stuff, you know, for a long time. And I've never in my whole time voting and watching politics have ever seen a uh, a, a mailer come in and my – you know, a mailer come in or someone running for the county central committee. Never seen it, ever. And for a, a number of us who were, who were running, uh, the party, the, the, the party establishment put out in one week four mailers uh, supporting my opponent. And um, so, you know, and then one of the things that, you know, that, that, that kind of got me a little bit, got bothered like, you know, we can trust her, you know, not a phony politician, you know, who's just uh, working for themselves. I'm like, why am I a phony politician? I've never ran for something ever. <laughs> this is like my first time I've yeah. ever ran on a ballot. And yeah. I, I'm out. And, you, and, and you, you know, but for the people listening don't know, a central committee member, it's an unpaid position. <laughs> yeah. It's unpaid. Yeah. You, you know, you, you don't get paid for this. So it's like, so I'm going to be volunteering my time, but I'm out for myself. And then I'll, another story I'll tell you is uh, I did a lot of, like you said earlier, a lot of um, boots on the ground. When I mean boots on the ground, my boots and some members of my family's <laughs> boots. Um, I mean, I made phone calls. You know, I went and put out like a, you know, precincts are smaller. So I put out like 160 yeah. uh, door hangers. And, uh, you know, I, I was literally there from 6.15 in the morning to 7.30 at night on on uh, voting day well yeah the funny thing was uh a, a woman comes up to me and I, I wanted to give her my literature and she's like oh i'm your you know bait gave her names and all i'm like i'm your opponent well she walks in and votes <laughs> and as soon as she comes out of the polling place she's on her phone and then her daughter comes up as you could tell it's a makeshift sign right like with markers and a big poster board and so she yeah. stays out there for three hours um, you know, at the polls, and then they leave for lunch, and they're like, "Oh, I'll be back." Never returned. I'm thinking, you know, I bet she's, I bet she's uh, on the on the phone. She's on the phone, right? She's making her phone calls. You better get up there and vote, this guy. But long story short, is on election day, I beat her by one vote, but she got me by three votes on early voting. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, that's super close, but, man. Um, what's that? So that was super tight. It was, yeah, yeah. So yeah, at first, you know, because I was able to get the, uh, the 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 ticker, the the, the what do they call it, the um, that strip of paper they put on the doors, whatever, the ticker tape or whatever. And by that count, you know, I was like, oh hey, I, yeah, I may have won, but it's like, oh, you're wrong, you won. I was like, well, wait, something could come up. And lo and behold, the next day, my uh, one of my uh, guys I was working with was like, oh, I guess you heard you lost by two votes. I'm like. No, I haven't. He's like, yeah, I guess uh, she beat you by three votes on early voting. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I just thought it was amazing how the establishment Republicans were one saying he's a phony, you know, he's a phony politician as out for himself, and then also just putting that many flyers in one week, you know, to, um, to you know, to keep their people in, you know, the committee so they can vote in their own leadership to keep in these rhinos. Uh, these establishment people, but anyway, that's that's my uh, synopsis of my story. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um it's different, isn't it? It's not what people think when you run for anything, is it? No, I mean, well, and that brings me to a question I wasn't meaning to ask this, but since we're on that vein, I mean, you know, again, you being, you know, not really an establishment candidate, well, not an establishment candidate, uh, have you, I mean, if you don't want to say it, that's fine, I understand. I mean, have you felt any push by, you know, pushed by the the Republican Party or anything of that nature, or have they been, have they been pretty hands-off at this point? Uh, they, they remain pretty hands-off. You know, obviously after the primary, they're all behind you. Everybody's your best friend then afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, cause, I mean, yeah, cause I know some primaries. I mean, because man, it was pretty, it was a pretty hot contest here in Ohio uh, with the different you know, Senate candidates and, and and some of Trump's endorsements. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I still don't understand why he endorsed JD Vance, who actually won his primary for the yeah. Senate. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll support him because I, oh my gosh, the who he's going to be running against here in, uh, in Ohio, you know, in Ohio, and then, you know, what we got, you know, for Senate and then Governor, uh, we got a rhino. Let me uh, tell you what, I don't know how much you've been. I, mean, I know you've been busy, but paying attention to what's going on in Ohio with their primary, it's uh, it's frustrating to be honest because I hate when I see, you know, you have your establishment, you know, uh, Republican rhino, Republican running. And then you have two people who are, uh, you know, more, you know, conservative, and they basically cancel each other out because if, if only one of them would have been in the race, they would have beat the establishment candidate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it, it's um, it, it, and you know that, that that can happen, and that that does happen. You know, it's um, it's unfortunate that um, some of these people, you know, have um. I don't know, egos, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I've seen people hop and raise, or they're planted. Sometimes they're planted in there to do exactly that. Sometimes the establishment throws in a plant to do exactly that, to break up the um, the vote so that so that they can win. You know, that does happen. So it's um, you got to pay attention to that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah, I kind of was wondering about that. With the, I kind of, to be honest, I was kind of wondering about that in the um, with maybe ego, maybe the plant. I heard some people say, you know, one way or the other, or, or, or some. But in Ohio for the governorship, um, you know, we had Mike DeWine, and then we had Renacy and uh, Blystone, Joe Blystone running, and we had um, I interviewed Renacy and I interviewed Blystone here on the show, and. You know, it was like the Friday before the primaries when I when I interviewed uh, Blystone, and I was kind of putting a bug in his ear, like, "Well, what do you think about you know the possibility of you guys, you and Renacy, splitting the vote, and then the one getting you know getting the nomination? Who's the you know the, the Rhino acted like a Republican or acted like a Democrat during the uh, pandemic, and you know, but he, he was of the mind that was all we're going to get on." Kind of hoping he'd be right, uh, but he was like, "Well, I have, uh, you know, he's hoping a lot of, you know, new voters would come in and, you know, you know put him over the top. It didn't happen, but it, it ended up being where uh, Dewine got forty-eight percent of the vote, four weight point something, you know, of the vote, and then between these two, if their votes would have been together. That one person would have beat him to the primary. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it happens a lot. I've, I've seen it happen myself, you know, um, in different – not, I mean, just around the country I've seen that happen before. And um, it's the exact opposite of what we want. You know what I mean? We, we want that rhino establishment guy out. Right. And then there's this – because there always seems to be the one, one establishment Republican and then the other guys who want to try to vote him out, and it always seems to backfire. And I'm actually worried about that in the Senate and the – I'm just going off on a tangent, uh, Josh. I apologize. No, you're fine. You're but, fine. Uh, I'm kind of concerned about that with the uh, the Ohio uh, governor, you know, governor race, gubernatorial race, because you have an uber liberal with the Democrats running, and then you've got DeWine, who's more Democrat than Republican, at least he has been you know, lately, and then you got a guy who's running for an independent, who's a conservative, and my concern is, is okay, well, you know. That's going to you know, split it between DeWine and uh, Peterson. He's the independent. And then the Democrat, I can't remember her name, but um, she was the mayor of uh, of uh, Dayton here. But she's, like, really liberal. And so I'm concerned that, you know, she, uh, she's going to get uh, – I think she's uh, more liberal than Sharon Brent. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think she's even more liberal than him. And – you know that's my concern. I'm of the mind that you know. Well, anyway, that that's for, that's for a different that's for a different day. But um, you know, because I mean, I know when you got multiple people, I mean, I know it could be, but I mean, for you in your race, I mean, how does it break down? Is I mean, is everyone pretty much considered a conservative? Or will one be considered more of a? I mean, I know there's going you know, be more of a, an establishment type. Well, Schweiker, the incumbent, is definitely the establishment guy. Um, um, yeah. Elijah and I are both what you consider outsiders were not in politics. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So we're both, quote, outsiders. or just, you know, he has his own business. And I have my own business, you know. Um, and, um, but I, I I really, for me, when I vote for somebody, I always look at their constitutional knowledge. That's a big thing for me. And, um, and, and, their, and their, do I believe, I kind of look at their personality too. I'm like, do I believe that that person has the guts and the courage to follow through with what they're saying? So, those are the two things: the constitutional knowledge and do I believe that person is actually going to do what they say? Are the two things to me that I look at the most when I vote for somebody. And Trump, Trump, you know, I'm going to do what I say, and I believe he would. His constitutional knowledge, I didn't believe he knew a lot, but I believe he wanted to do the right thing and follow it. And um, that's why I thought Trump was going to be a great president because he might not have known the, the, as well the the, um, the Constitution as well as I do even, but he knew how important the document it is, and I, I believe that he believed in upholding it. And, and he's a quick study, you know what I mean? And um, and I believe he was going to do the right thing for this country. And, and um, you know, when you look at somebody, do they have the guts and the courage to follow through with it? And do they have the knowledge – to fight for the people, and that to me is the two most important things. And do they do they have the um, you know the uh, the wherewithal to 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 get there and get it done? Yeah, and I hope that you know. I mean, again, we, we're pretty confident that he's going to run in 2024, barring any health you know surprise creeping up. Um, let's let's say he runs again. Let's say he wins because I think if he does run again, he does have a a good shot because I mean they're not going to run Biden. Uh, Kamala Harris, uh, yeah, she just doesn't have. I don't think she's got the gravitas to win, you know, a presidency. Well, I mean, that, the Democrats and what are they going to do? Re, re, uh, reboot Hillary Clinton? 
I just don't think they have really anyone at this point on their side that can win in 2024. But let's say Trump does, you know, go in and he wins. I just hope this time that he surrounds himself with, uh, frankly, better people than he did in, you know, when he was elected. For, I mean, rent, rent here. Uh, well, we used to have a nickname for for, for Ryan's Priebus. <laughs> it wasn't oh, a yeah. very nice. Uh, it wasn't a very yeah. nice one. Uh, nice nickname. Him, him but, uh, and, they have to be your. Yeah, him and um, Paul Ryan are in the same boat. Here's what I think happened in, uh, you know, here's what I think what happened in uh, in 2020. I remember when uh, Trump came to uh, Ohio with Newt Gingrich, and it was between uh, Mike Pence and uh, and Gingrich, you know, for the for the you know be the VP pick. And I mean, if you looked at what people wanted, more people wanted Gingrich than than Pence. But Paul I want, Ryan, I Gingrich was, too. yeah. Yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Me too. I fully supported that. But then I, I know I was actually on my way uh, to Florida from D.C. when I found out when Trump picked him. But uh, what I think is, I think Paul Ryan. See, you probably recall is that you know there was talk about a brokered or, or contested, uh, contested convention, and you know once that Pence was was chosen, and all that talk was now this is speculation on my part. I'm going to be honest with you, Justin. But total speculation on my part. Um, but, you know, my thought was, you know, Paul Ryan's like basically, hey, Pence is my boy. You know, you want all this talk of a brokered or contested convention to go away. You pick Pence instead of Gingrich uh, to be, you know, your running mate, and I'll call off the dog. Because if you look at the timing of it, pretty much soon after he announced Pence, you know, as being his running mate, well, he pretty much called off the dog. <laughs> um you know, and the, the talk of a broker to you know, contest convention pretty much went away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, speculation on my part. Well, it's probably good speculation, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I think yeah, a lot of well, Romney wanted. wanted yeah. Romney was installed into the the nominee, in my in my opinion. I think he was coordinated, not nominated in 2012. But anyway. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I wrote it. I wrote Ron Paul's name in. <laughs> and you want to hear? Um, I, I, let's see if I can find it. It's just, it's just for, for for giggles. I mean, it's, it's, I laugh every time I um, I play this audio clip. And this is back, you know, 2012. But just, just, I mean, every time I think of it, I, I, I like to play because it's just funny. It makes me laugh. If you uh, don't mind uh, humoring me, I want to I want to play it. Let's see if I. Oh yeah. This is a lot. I laugh every time I hear this, and I like when I get your take on it. Where is it at? Let me key this okay. up. Um, there it is. It's funny. Mr. President, just how different are you from Governor Romney? <laughs> uh, now, let me be clear. Uh, I agreed with Governor Romney on many things. For instance, abortion. He was pro-choice most of his adult life. So was I. But he changed his position uh, when he became presidential candidate. Uh, hold on. Now, let's take guns. <laughs> now, Governor Romney and I, uh, we were in complete agreement on gun control. Uh, now, that is, until he changed his mind. But but I... And on health care, well, uh, I was so inspired by Romney care uh, that I nationalized it and called it Obamacare. Whoa, whoa. But now, presidential candidate Romney is against the individual mandate and universal health care. I agreed with Governor Romney on many things, but this presidential candidate Romney, I don't even know the guy. Then again, uh, he doesn't seem to know himself. Oh, come on. 
Governor Romney. <laughs> Giving our teachers responsible for the content of this message. Anyway, I just that's funny every time I think of that's it. That's pretty good. No, that's pretty good. That's true, and it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I'll never uh, I'll never Romney fan, uh, and just and there was uh, you know I love. See now you got me off on a tangent again. I mean, and I'd love to, uh, you know, l- you know, listen to Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I mean, I literally wept yeah. on the day that he passed away. Uh, literally. Yeah, he was great, man. But he was really good. He was. He was. And even, um, you know, but he did one thing that did take me away one time because uh, during during the same time where he, he didn't say, he didn't say something that was altogether true. And you said you, you said you, you were a, a Gingrich uh fan, right? Or supported Gingrich? Yeah, I like I liked him in general. Yeah. I think I think he was the last person to to uh balance our budget, you know what I mean? Like he's done some great things. Yeah yeah and they were all and they were all in it for Romney back in, in, in two thousand twelve. I mean even Rush was, you know, uh, doing things to to try to to push them, and I mean, and, again, I'm you know, I I think it just I think what's bringing me on this is just all the different things the Republican Party's done uh, in the you know in the past to people like you know the conservatives, you know, people who really weren't. I mean, I can't say Gingrich wasn't really establishment, but he wasn't like a Romney. Um, yeah, but yeah, just, that's true. You know, I, I hate to see what they've done in the past of you know candidates like yourself, and even candidates like you know today and. Um, I'm hoping that kind of we can see a shift in that as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, I always tell you know, if President Trump really wants to know who to go with, he should be listening to the grassroots. Yes. No, certainly. You and know. I remember again when he was with, with Gingrich in Cincinnati, he was like, you know, there's going to be a place, and that kind of baffled me because he said, oh, there'll be a place for Gingrich in my administration. And it never happened. So I mean, I don't know what whatever happened with that. But I think he would have been a great chief of staff, not you know, Rince Priebus or whatever his name is. I think he would have been way better than than Rance Priebus or Paul Ryan, any of these people. You know what I mean? That were that oh, were involved yeah. early on. He had a few around him that were you know, you know, he had Bannon. He had people around him that were fighters, but you know. People got to lead a lead a clean. They got to lead a clean life too. You know, you can't be doing doing the same dumb things, and and forcing the hand of the president to fire you or get rid of you. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, that's but, true too. Yeah, yeah, that does you know, that doesn't help. Yeah, you, you know, make I his mean, life it, tougher. Go ahead. I said you make his life tough and tougher. You know when you do that. Yeah, I certainly did, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, again, he could have – so, again, hopefully the next time, you know, he's in, you know, you know, barring that he, he wins. And I think that – I mean, I'm over the point that if the Democrats somehow even keep the Senate or somehow win the presidency in 2024, I don't see how anybody can – even the Democrats, I don't see how they can believe it, believe that's actually the case, just seeing where we are with everything now with, with, with groceries and, and inflation and fuel prices and, you know, as you said. And then wars. I mean, we're, we weren't in any wars when Trump was in office. Now, well, look, Biden's in. We found ourselves in a proxy. I mean, we're not in it militarily, but let's be honest, it's a proxy war. Yeah, we're in another 10 to 20-year proxy war right now. You know, and uh, we, we have to pull out. You know, we need we need new leadership as soon as possible. 
Well, as, uh, as Jim and uh, Kelly said, I really, you know, we're going to be following your, you know, your campaign, and I'll be, you know, following you on Twitter and, and seeing how that's going. I really, you know, yeah, again, I don't like to be biased with the people I have on the <laughs> We're really, you know, because we're no, yeah, what I, I call you, you know, citizen candidates. You know, we, we, yeah. we need citizen candidates, and um, we, don't, we certainly don't have enough of those. Now, we got more than we used to. Um, but I mean, I, we could probably count on our on on one hand, maybe two. You know, some of the people we really think are on the side of the people, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We got we got more. There is more, but we need we need more. You know what I mean? I think uh, people are are stepping up, even at the school board level, doing stuff as well. So that that'll be helpful as well. Now, now I'm not going to ask you who because you know if anyone. Uh, is listening. I don't want them to. And you may have already said who you would support for this, but I'm not. I'm not asking. I'm just telling you who I would support for speaker um, would be Jim Jordan. I, I just don't think that you know, McCarthy. I, I, he would not be my pick again. I'm not asking for her because I want you know McCarthy get win that you said you wouldn't vote. <laughs> and like, hey, wait a minute. I can't support this guy. I'd rather have Jim Jordan. But I'm just saying I <laughs> would like to see uh, Jim I, Jordan I, be. I, um, I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I I would prefer a Jim Jordan, you know, and it's nothing against Kevin McCarthy. I don't know him on a personal level. I, it's not a personal thing. I'm just, as you know, I'm big on I want I want a fighter. I want somebody who's not necessarily 100% PC. I want them to speak their mind, not beat around the bush. And, you know, I would prefer an outsider completely if possible, but – I think Jim Jordan is, is um, doesn't beat around the bush. He's direct. He says what is on his mind, and that's what we need. We need that forwardness and that directness, and um, that's why I would support Jim Jordan, Paul Gozar, Andy Biggs, any of those guys. Now, who, would, who do you think would be a good uh, – since, since we're on that vein, who do you think would be a good replacement for McConnell? Because McConnell – I think McConnell's got to go, too. <laughs> oh, the, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't agree better. more. Yeah, I, I – I, I, you know, I, I like, I like Josh Holly. I like, um, I like Rand Paul. I well, like, Holly, uh, yeah, well, Holly lost his primary last night. He did? Josh Holly? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, he lost, I had he no idea. In Pennsylvania? Wow. Was it Pennsylvania? No, North Carolina? I don't yeah, think he lost he's, last he's, uh, Yeah, he's in, he's in Missouri, I think. I think he's maybe I was thinking him get was it? Wait, maybe I was thinking of somebody else. Then I'm sorry. Madison, Madison Cawthorn lost last night. Cawthorn, yeah, okay, you're right. That's who I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, that's who I'm confusing him with. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. I, I was like, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, he's he's he was, he's from Missouri. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's from Missouri. But yeah, no, Cawthorn. Okay. Yeah, he lost. You know, but um, hopefully he battles back and runs again in 24 and gets the seat back. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think Holly would do a good job. I think Rand Paul. I, I, I like Rand Paul, his views on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we got other other senators in there like Ted Cruz, you know what I mean, who a lot of people are kind of like, he's kind of a rhino, you know. But um, but I think in general he would do a way better job than McConnell. Um, and uh, oh, but yeah. I really like – I want somebody young. I want somebody new. I want somebody young and fresh and new, and Josh Hawley fits that. Yeah, Holly Cruz. I've always, uh, you know, I've said about Cruz is I like I like Cruz as a senator. I don't like him as a presidential candidate. <laughs> I did not like Cruz when he was running against Trump. 
I did not yeah, like no, Christie. I, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he, he's, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. You know, I, I like, um, you know, he, he, he's kind of, he's kind of on the, on the establishment gray area. You know, he's kind of establishment. He's been there for a while, you know. Uh, but then again, he yeah, does. He will seek out to fight for the people. But I want. That's why I want somebody new and fresh and newer in there. That's not as compromised, potentially. Yeah. Or has been there just too long. And, and Josh is the right guy. I feel to to have the new America First type of of politician handling business. You know, in the Senate. And that's what we need. Yeah, I could go with. Yeah, I could go with that. I thought that. Um, well. Hindsight 2020, Janelle, I was uh, was a supporter of uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, when she got nominated for the Supreme Court. And in a lot of ways, she's been kind of a disappointment to me. And and Gorsuch, um, who just voted with the liberals on a 5-4 decision. Yeah, so. It's it's frustrating. It really is. Yeah, so I, I thought maybe Cruz would have been a better pick for the Supreme Court than her, maybe. But, um, yeah, I was really disappointed. Yeah, both of them and her. And I thought she was supposed to be even more conservative than Gorsuch. But, uh, well, maybe she is now that we just said it there. But, um, yeah, and, and some people wonder with those two is I think they kind of go out of the way to, to try to say, oh, well, even though Trump, uh, you know, nominated me, I'm not going to do something that I think Trump will like. I mean, I don't know. I just I just feel like they go out of the way to try to feel like they're beholden to Trump still or something. I don't know. Well, I, I think me, we but. yielded I think we yielded way too much power to the Supreme Court. We need to rein in what what their duties are that are outlined in the Constitution. We've allowed them to dictate policy way too much. We've allowed them to literally make law and we we need we need to rein back in the power as as laid out in the in the Constitution, and all laws are made in, in the legislative branch. Same thing for executive orders with these presidents. If, if it's outside of an emergency war-type order that we need right now, there should not be a bunch of emergency orders written like Obamacare, you know, that, that should not be happening. It should not be bypassing Congress writing laws, period. It should not be happening. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really believe outside of, a, outside of a military emergency, there should not be any more emergency orders written by any party. I don't care who you are. They should be completely cut out. They're unconstitutional. They don't follow our Constitution. And they need to be – this power needs to be reined in. We need to go back to our Constitution, what the Founding Fathers had, had laid out for us, and we strayed from it, and we need to rein it back in. And, again, have rule of law. We need to have accountability. And it, it all stems. It all comes back to those two things, and um, you know. But it's going to take. It's going to take more than just me. Um, it's going to take a lot of people oh, yeah. there fighting, fighting for this, and, and getting behind things. And I think, I think we can do it. You know what I mean? I really do. I think we can do it. But it's going to take a couple of elections to really rein things in. Um, but it's going to take yeah. people with guts and the cojones to stand up for what's right and against the corruption. You kind of almost read my mind there. But my next, you know, question as we're talking was going to be that say, you know, like, what well, do you think there's enough, you know, grassroots, uh, you know, citizen candidates who are running who could possibly win to, you know, to make that shift to make that difference? But you answered that before I had a chance to ask it. No, but but yeah, yeah, you know, it's going to take more than 
uh, more than one election, certainly. I mean, it's, it took time. I just feel like there was the, the, uh, the you know, the, the left and the rhinos. I think they were, uh, they were happy with the pace that things are going, you know, us moving more and more towards the left uh, more slowly here uh, in America. But I think once Trump was elected, I think that they really accelerated their efforts. I think I think his election scared the, the crap out of them. <laughs> That's not the word. I'm do. But I think uh, yeah, I think Trump getting elected really scared uh, scared them. Like, oh, we really need to, you know, expedite. You know, these things we're, we're trying to get done because the people will actually, you know, you know, vote for a populist such as Trump. And I see him. I mean, Frank is the judge. I, I see Trump more as a populist than than a Republican, really. Um, but I did. I think that I, I think they scared him. That's why things seem to be happening so quickly now. Like you know, guess that's just my take on it. But. No, he he is. He's a populist for sure. I, I agree with that. He. Um, but you're right. You know, Trump screwed up their 16-year plan and uh, threw a wrench in it. And now, now that he's out and they're quote in, now they're really speeding it up, knowing that they're only going to have this time frame up to November of of full total control because we're going to win it back and we're going to throw about a thousand wrenches into their plan, you know, come January, 2023, when we're sworn in and, um, and we're going to reverse this country very, very quickly. And I can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it. Be seeing, seeing you on the, on the TV and impeaching uh, Biden. I'm just kidding. I just was throwing that impeaching Biden in there, but <laughs> I mean, cause there has been hey. talk. I mean, there has been talk about, you know, having some things out there that Biden could be impeached by. Now, of course, of course, the, the worry for me about Biden getting impeached or, you know, Article 25 or something like that is, uh, look what we got coming after him. <laughs> it's like, is there a way we can impeach uh, Biden, Harris, and Pelosi? <laughs> well, we don't we don't have to impeach Pelosi because she won't be the speaker anymore. We'll have a, we'll have a Republican well, speaker. So we just got to impeach him for – the 25th Amendment for Afghanistan, for the border. I mean, pick pick a topic. Pick a topic. You know what I mean? And and um and Harris, we can impeach her on the border. She's supposed to be the border czar. She's allowed 107,000 Americans to die. The blood's on her hands. All the rapes that are happening across the border on her hands. And and there's no doubt she should be impeached for that. And Mayorkas. And pretty much everybody in that administration. Christopher Ray should be impeached. Yeah. Um, Garland should be impeached for threatening to call us domestic terrorists. Screw that guy to sit there and call me. No, what about a uh, domestic terrorist? Why, why is he? Why is he getting away with threatening members of the Supreme Court? Well, that too, that too, you know. But but you know, for this guy to sit there and have the nerve to call me a domestic terrorist because I believe the election is stolen because it was. I have, I'm telling you, it's called payback, and Andy Biggs said that term as well. I've been saying it. Paul Gozar has been saying it. I tell you, the people from Arizona are going to go to D.C. with payback in mind for everything they've done to us. And rightfully so. We have righteous anger, right? We, we rightfully will exactly. be paying back the stuff that they've done to us. We're not going to go out of our way to just make stuff up and go after them about stuff that, that never, you know what I mean, that's gray area or didn't happen. We're going to go after them about stuff that is – black and white that they did to us and we're going to correct it and that's what's going to happen 
Well, as it should be, I'll be I'll be cracking open some champagne for that. That <laughs> I grab it, champagne and popcorn. No, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah. As, you, as you said, it's a long it's a long time coming. Yeah, it's just us doing the right thing for this country. You know, are we going to let them call? Um, I mean, these, these people are, they're idiotic. They're, they're calling everything white supremacist. Like, I've never met a white supremacist, white supremacist in my life. I, 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 I you know, I, I don't even know where they're coming from with this non. Well, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to divide. People are waking up to it, though. They're waking up to it. Yeah. But, you know, when, when, you, when you call, oh, because Buffalo was because of white supremacy. Okay, well, what about Waukesha? What about the black guy who shot five people in in Chicago last weekend, or every weekend for that matter? You know, That's like true, yeah. like it's it, it's just absurd the stuff they put out. And you know, luckily, luckily it's so absurd and so ridiculous that it's obvious and people are seeing it for what it is. And that's why we're yeah. going to win. That's why we're going to absolutely clean the clocks of the Democrats in November. And that's why I don't care who the Democrats put up in my race. It doesn't matter who they put up in my race. We're going to blow them out of the water. And, and speaking of uh, those type of things is, you know, the whole January 6th thing, what I'd like to see is, you know, a real January 6th commission as to, okay, who, who, was really, who was really behind it? Like I remember, I can't remember the guy's, uh, the gal's name that, that uh, Ted Cruz was uh, interviewing, you know, you know, about, okay, well, you know, who, who was taking part in, in citing, uh, you know, violence there on January 6th? You know, how many FBI agents, uh, you know, were there? And were they inciting people to do violence, things of that nature? And then somebody was talking to another guy, I can't remember, it was a while ago, but he was like, oh, well, we can't reveal our sources and methods. So, so I was thinking, was one of your sources, I mean, is one of your methods uh, to start a riot outside and inside the Capitol? Um you know, so I, I want a real investigation on what's, you know, what, what was the FBI's part in uh, in what happened on January 6th? Well, I can tell you this. That investigation will 100% happen for sure. Why were the magnetic 14,000-pound doors opened? Who ordered that? Why was the <laughs> National Guard not yeah. used that Trump offered? Why were other police not used that that was offered? Why were they negated? You know, why were they shut down? Why was um, the FBI there doing what they were doing? Why didn't they catch the pipe bomber yet? Why, <laughs> you know, there's so many things, and, and we know why. We know exactly why. They were they, they opened up the doors to stop the objections of the electors. They they did exactly what they did. They're trying to set it up, set us all up, and to call us domestic terrorists. That's what they're doing. They're trying yeah. to get Trump to keep him from running for office again. This is all part of their plan, yep. and we and it's all getting blown up and blown up in their faces. The FBI is crooked and corrupt. Let's just be honest, and they're operating without a charter. They don't have a charter, and, and, and legally, what that means is they're acting unlawfully. Everything they're doing is unlawful. And so people, a, people um, go ahead. no, I say people need to understand what that means. Everything they're doing is unlawful. They have no right to go after Americans like they're doing right now. They're setting people up. Governor Whitmer, Washington, D.C., 
I mean, name, I can name 20 other things that they've done they, that they've known about, and they didn't stop. They, they, all they do is they're setting Americans up. That is absolutely unacceptable. Like, I can't even – we live in a banana republic. That's what we're living in right now. And they're operating without impunity, with no charter. And, and back to January 6th, we had a Skype caller on. I, I haven't had a chance to get him in the green room, but I, I might get him in just for a, a little bit. I think it might be our friend John. But, um, well, one of the things – and I'll bring in a, in a moment Skype caller, but what, um, one thing that's got to have been a, a thorn – not a thorn on my side, but, you know, something that's been a stickler to me is, you know, we don't hear about her much anymore, is Ashley Bobbitt or Babbitt, who, you know, was, the guy who shot her got off scot-free. I don't even know if they did a, a full investigation. Of, of the, of no, they, the, they, the they, they, didn't, they didn't do anything. They did no invest. They hardly no investigation. They, they didn't do anything. She was the only person killed at J six, and then they lied to us and told us that five officers were killed. And it was a flat out lie. They freaking lied to us again. And it absolutely, it's just without accountability, this will never stop. And I know Andy Biggs talked about it last Saturday. Brought it up multiple times. It's the same thing. I'm telling you, without accountability, this won't stop. And that's why these committees right. are going to not only be formed, they're be investigated, but the people are going to be prosecuted for what they've done. And and that's that's what has to happen if we're going to save this republic. I agree. Let's get to um, a, a Skype caller here. Is this uh, John on the Skype call or? Hey Rob, how are you? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, good to hear from you again. How are you? Uh, welcome our uh, our guest, oh. Just uh, Burnett, here in Arizona. Well, you, uh, the more I'm listening to Josh, the more I like him. And, you know, when you guys touched on the January 6th, you know, that's a touchy topic for me because my fellow Americans are being railroaded. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to touch base with Josh in the sense that here's a couple of things from a legal lawful standpoint since you've been studying the Constitution and teaching it. You know, fraudulent confiscation fraudulent conveyance, and fraudulent conversion. All of these people in Congress are the perpetrators of fraudulent conversion, fraudulent confiscation, fraudulent conveyance. What they're doing mm-hmm. is a devolution trick where they use the rules, laws, process, and procedures but deny you your due process rights to protect your own property. Because think about it, Declaration of Independence, the very first paragraph, we assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them. That means that we're all equitable, self-governing, free people. We have jurisdictional power and authority over all burdens, encumbrances, and obligations to ourselves. That's our self-governing intellectual property. So on January the 6th, when our Congress was standing up there, and Mr. Pence and all those people were not listening to the rest of we the people, what they did is they destroyed the legal effect of our private property. Therefore, we have every right to exercise self-defense to regain our private property. Because when they have a fiduciary agency relationship with us in order to do our business and do us no harm, because when they're elected, they're supposed to represent us, they have that fiduciary agency representation that they're supposed to fulfill. What they've done is use devolution tricks 
to fraudulently confiscate your private property and, pro- and fraudulently convert your private property and fraudulently convey your private property, the self-governing of you, to themselves so they can use it for their benefit and deny you your ownership rights to exercise the benefit of your property. So when they denied all of those affidavits in the courts in order for us to make sure that the votes were true and that there was no taint, then they they destroyed the legal effect of your private property. That's a felony. And so, therefore, they've actually um, rendered you a legislative slave that's bullying, that's what, duress, that's uh, embezzling because they've embezzled your private property to their gain, and they violated Article 4, Section 2 of the United States Constitution. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. They violated the Article 1, Sections 9 and 10. There shall be no title of nobility granted at the federal level or the state level. They also violated the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law. Um, abridging the right of the people to petition their government on you know for a redress of grievance because then they've been because they've denied you your rights there they've committed extrinsic fraud by denying you your due process rights so therefore they violate like you said they're not going by the constitution at all but we've got so many corrupt judges and People in the different, whether it be Supreme Court or any other appellate courts or lower on down, that are corrupted by the Bar Association because, you know, the elites pretty much control the Bar Association and the criteria and all the stuff that goes with it. But anyway, I just wanted to feed that to you and then get some of your feedback on what you think of that legal theory and how all of our people that are in jail right now should be released on an affirmative defense of a negligent uh contributory negligence because our our congressmen and senators neglected their rightful duty and therefore it's misprision of felony because they didn't do their rightful duty and they've committed these other frauds to you know deny us our rightful exercise of our ownership rights of our self-governing intellectual property well, there's there's um, there's a lot to unpack there, <laughs> Let me, but, but there there's um, there's definitely there's definitely something to it. Like you like you brought up due process of law. You know, we've had J six people in there for what damn near a year and a half now, sitting in jail, rotting in jail right now, and haven't even been charged with anything. And that none of them have been charged with insurrection. The FBI even came out and said there was no insurrection. And and you got these Democrats going around saying it's an insurrection all the time, which is a flat out lie. And and as you know, in, in a lot of our state constitutions as well, no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, um, or property without due process of law. And 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 when they say due process of law, they mean you know in an expedient fashion, not a year and a half later when you're not even charged with anything. You're rotten in prison. People are committing suicide. And, and they just allowed to have for somebody that walked through the Capitol. They got people in there that I'm sure, you know, maybe broke a few things. A few people broke a few things where they did some dumb stuff, you know, and, and, um, and, and maybe some of those people 
um, you know, they could argue that they did something wrong. But some of the people literally went in and maybe took a selfie in somebody's chair, damaged nothing, and they're sitting there rotting for this. And then, and then a year and a half later, they charge him with, like, a trespass. It's absolutely just what's happening to this country is just unheard of. And, again, you've heard me. Without accountability, without holding these people accountable for what they're doing to our country, to our citizens, without holding the FBI accountable for what they're doing to our country and our citizens, we're going to lose our republic. But that's exactly why they fear us so much, and they fear people like me, and they fear people that are new into the government that are going to go in there and do the right thing. They fear us because we're going to take their power away. And, and that's why I always push for the outsider. That's why I always push for somebody who um, has not held office before, that has a good understanding, sound understanding of the Constitution and the people's rights, and not just based on how much money they make or how much money they made or how much money they have behind them. I, I look at it, how much courage does that person have to do the right thing? And when we get enough people in office like me in there that think like I do, things are going to change very quickly. And you're, and you're exactly right. You know, we have the right of petition. And, and for the people, you know, we're, we have the right to peaceably assemble for the common good. And it shall never, never be a bridge. That doesn't mean every so often. It means it shall never be a bridge. And it's being a bridge right now. And, and um, you know, I really, I really hope that uh, we can, when we get in and we can help the J6 people that, um, that are wrongfully being imprisoned. And, and I really hope that uh, we hold the people that did it to them accountable through civil suits and many other things and hammer these people, if, if anything, financially hammer them for what they've done to these people. It's absolutely unacceptable. And um, you they know, ought to be, they ought to be in. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, you finish. I, I, did, I thought you were getting ready to pause and stop. But no, I just said we only had a, we've only had a handful of legislators fight for them. I know Paul Gozar was out there at the prison. Matt Gates, Marjorie Green Taylor. I can't think of anybody else. Maybe who? I don't. I'm sure I, there's a few others I remember, but I, I can't recall who they were. But there's been like five or six congressmen that have even visited this prison and tried to fight for these people. You know, the guy that I'm running against won't even even talk about it. Do you recognize the potential that these people that are in those positions of office do not want others like you and I and the rest of us out here to understand what I was just talking about? Your intellectual property is being fraudulently stolen from you. And they are destroying the legal effect of your private property, you know, that private property of self-governing for you to, you know, have sole right to determine your own burdens, encumbrances, and obligations. And they've made well, you yeah, a I legislative mean, slave. And yeah, that's where like I don't said, think most people understand the law for the jury law. They're stuck on de facto nonsense. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. They, you know, they – um they're supposed to be voting our will, not their own, right? And and um, well, each one of us, they get to decide their own burdens, encumbrances, and obligations, just like you and I get to decide our own. Otherwise, we're not truly living to the spirit, hope, and promise of the Declaration of Independence and the letter of the Constitution, which is supposed to support the, you know, Declaration of Independence. 
Well, yeah, you know, our, our private, our private right, unalienable, um, you know, God-given inherent natural rights, they cannot touch. You know, and you're right when they're when they're when they're when they're pressing on those, that's something that needs to be addressed. And it, it it's unfortunate that we have a crooked DOJ. You know, we have at least a leader. We have we have um, crooked prosecutors that are Soros paid for, and and there's no there's just no accountability right now, and and that's what we have to change immediately. We have to start impeaching people right and left to get this country corrected and back on track, and 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 for these J six prisoners that are in there that were just simply walking through the Capitol because they opened the doors for them because that's why they were there, and they weren't breaking something. They weren't they weren't breaking it or stealing anything. They need to be released immediately, and, and they need to be given. Uh, um, if I was them, I'd sue the living heck out of them, you know, for what they've done. And um, but you're right. No, I mean that, that's that's a legitimate argument to make about about their um, their rights and their intellectual property and everything else. That's a legitimate argument to make. Uh, from your standpoint of your understanding in constitutional law, or I'm not sure what all you understand about the Constitution, but anyway, are you familiar with remonstrance and yeah. how, to, how to get that? See, it's like so many people petition to get their remonstrance rights upheld, and this, this Congress, you know, sent both houses, just ignore it. It's like how in the world do you, if you can't call your congressman and get them to listen to you, and then you go ahead and try to use other means through whatever attorney generals or whatever to get mm-hmm. at least a representation before the House or the Senate, and they deny you that because you want to you know, share your grievances and say, hey, you guys are going to have to stop stealing my property. I'm going to exercise self-defense in order to reclaim my property because you're using government as a weapon and you're fraudulently converting and confiscating and conveying my property to your benefit and you're denying me the benefit of it. Well, that, that's where rule of law comes in and accountability. You know, these people need to go back to the Constitution and uphold the Constitution and uphold the law. That's what needs to happen. And until that happens, we're going to continue into a decline. Anybody having a problem getting their um, remonstrance hearing? I have I have a friend of mine here in Arizona that's pushing for for one here. Uh, we 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 use affidavits and notices to petition our legislators and to teach our legislators, um, and that's what we've we've had effectiveness with with doing it that way. Um, the remonstrance. Is, has also been used now. You'll keep an eye on Wisconsin in, rela- in relation to the election. There's a remonstrance yeah. that's being worked on there as well. So keep an eye on Wisconsin, and um, I think you might see there could be some potential for that to be successful. But um, right now, the best I feel the best thing we can do is, is use the use of affidavits and notices to teach our legislators and to have it on record um, what they do and don't support and shine light on them as much as possible. Because one thing legislators hate is when you put them on blast publicly and the public starts finding out and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people find out what they're doing is wrong and how they're breaking their oath to the Constitution. They don't like that. They, they want to get voted in again, right? So, you know, yeah. um, we try to apply that kind of pressure. That's, that's the direction we've been going. We've had, some, we've had success with it. 
not as much as we want, but we've had some wins. You know what I mean? And um, and we're just continue pressuring the heck out of them and teaching more people the Constitution, their rights, and what to do. You know. And it sounds like you have a you have a good understanding of the Constitution. We just got to keep teaching these people because most of these legislators have no clue. Even the attorneys have no idea about the Constitution. They understand yep. statute and procedure, but they don't understand um, the law. Constitution and what it entails. Well, thank you so very much for the hard work and the passion that you bring to this. And uh, how can those of us that are listening, I didn't catch your website earlier. I wasn't at the top of the show listening. I came in later. It's barnettforaz.com. All right. Well, wish you the best. Thank you for your hard work. Thanks, thank you, Robert. Thank you so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome, John. And a good thing, um, uh, the time, Jesus, but there's only about uh, five minutes left, so I do like you know, I do have to do some uh, closing comments and uh, and, and the show uh, in a little bit, so I do like to get your closing comments from you. Uh, Josh, certainly appreciate uh, all the time you spent with us today. I'm looking forward to, again, you know, seeing you on Twitter and follow, you know, following your campaign and, and having you back with us. Uh, but, yeah, we'd like to give a couple minutes uh, for your closing comments, and then I'll have to end things out for the night. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, I just want to re- uh, tell people again where to find me, barnettforaz.com, barnettforaz on Twitter, Instagram, and Truth, and Getter. <laughs> There's a lot of them. And Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. Feel free to reach out anytime. Um, you can also email me directly, josh at barnettforaz.com. If you have any questions or anything you want to follow up on, feel free to reach out anytime. And, um, you know, guys, th- this is a fight. This is a fight that we uh, – unprecedented fight that we're facing right now. And uh, this this uh, November election, everybody says an election is important, right? But this election – there's nothing more important than winning back the House and the, and, and, the, and the Senate and winning at the state level and winning at the school board level and just cleaning the clocks of these Democrats. There's nothing more important than this right now. And I, I, I tell people all the time, donate money or donate time or, or do both. We need candidates need money to run their races. They need help. They need volunteers. And, um, you know, find the people that you want to donate to. Find the people that uh, – that are in your area that you want to volunteer and help get into office. And, um, and, uh, you know, we, we can't be quiet anymore. I want you to fight everywhere you go. Don't, don't give in, don't give an inch to these people. We can no longer be the party of, of, um, of just accepting things and moving on. We have a tendency to do that as conservatives. It's too nice. We need to fight back every single chance. Don't give them an inch. And I believe that we're going to do that, and I believe we will, and I believe that when November comes around, like I said, there's going to be hell to pay, and we're going to get payback on all the corrupt things that they've done to us. And not only that, we're going to fix all the wrongs that have happened in the last couple of years and get this republic back on track and, and, and get this country back to where it was under President Trump with controlled borders, Low taxes, low gas prices, low corporate taxes, you know, um, no, no more wars, no proxy wars. All this stuff is going to stop, and it's going to stop with us, and it's up to us to do it. So um, I just want to thank you for having me on. Um, it's always fun to talk with you guys. And, um, you know, I look forward to uh, getting with you later on uh, up to the election here. 
Sounds good. No, we appreciate all your time as well, and I uh, look forward to our next uh, conversation. And, again, I'm hoping to be actually in uh, Arizona the, the weekend, uh, the first weekend of June. And who knows, maybe you can uh, – I'll be in Scottsdale. I mean, I don't know how close you are to be there. Who knows, oh, yeah. No, you're, you're, I'm, uh, I'm close. You're, that's right. That's right my district. So you're in my district. So we'll, we'll, meet, we'll meet up when you're out here. Oh, great. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll reach out to you. But I'm going to close uh, out tonight. Uh, we are going to have uh, other candidates on uh, working with uh, to have Angela Heimer on. She's running against uh, Bill Seitz uh, in the 30th District in Ohio. Uh, so looking forward to uh, having her on. Uh, so we'll be looking at her also, uh, working on some other candidates uh, behind the scenes. Uh, actually, one of the people, as I said earlier, I, I would love to get uh, – a lake on uh, as well. So I know I've reached out to her. Maybe I'll make uh, some more efforts uh, trying to uh, reach out again. But anyway, folks, I'm going to have to close out tonight. We've run out of time. Oh, bye. Uh, I do every week. And take care and have a good week. Good night. Thank you. Have a good, have a good rest of the week. Thank you. Good night.